Support for a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Hey, yo, it's showtime. Here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Just a Kenny for your thoughts. Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts. What? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast. What is up, guys? So this is a very special episode of a Kenny for your thoughts, episode one hundred and seven. I think it is, Brandon. What am I asking? You don't know how to count. Um, but we have a lot of special guests on here uh, who have their own respective awesome podcast. So we'll go down the line right now. We'll start off with one Matt Ritter. Matt, why is he first? Because he's on top. He likes to be on top. That's pretty power top as opposed to power bottom. Power bear. (laughs) What's up? Thanks for having me. Hi, Brandon. It's nice to actually talk to you. Hey, it's good to see you too. I get to see you on the screen. I'm actually a uh, sub bottom. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I was going to ask, but thank you. You're already on top of that. Yeah. Oh, that's oh my God. Well, Matt, you want to plug your plug your shit, brother? Oh, uh, we are the Smack and a Raw podcast. We are the number one wrestling podcast. Currently, not on Pornhub because of the uh, <laughs> them taking away the user created content. But uh, we're gonna get verified and we're gonna get back on there, and then we'll be back to number one on Pornhub. Um, no, yeah, no, we uh, we talk a lot of shit, a lot of porn, a lot of wrestling. Mix them together, have a good time. So expect me to talk a lot about dick and uh, enjoy my luscious lips as we talk tonight. Mm. Yes, Matt Ritter has the best lips in the business, just so everybody knows. <laughs> How do you compete with that? Um, I, you don't. You don't. In fact, that's why he got kicked off of Pornhub the first time. Got it. It was the lips. Is, his face is too right. fuckable. Cool. I'm just glad Brandon's here because I, when you guys got on, you got Joey, you got Kyle, you got Kenny here. And I'm like, man, you know, they say you, you take an eight and you put them by sixes. They look like a 10. Well, I'm like a fucking two right now next to three tens. Like, this is not good for me. But Brandon made, oh. brought me up to a four. So I appreciate First it. of all. <laughs> First of all, I am not a 10, like a, like a 9.9. I'm being modest. But Joe, it's fair. Joey Cardi, go ahead. What's my up? last? Why my last? Fuck you, Kenny. <laughs> I was saving the best for last, but that's okay. No, uh, yeah. Joey Carney from the Angle Podcast. Uh, like everybody else here, we just enjoy talking about wrestling. I say we, but it's me. I always say we. I don't know why I do that. It's only me. Uh, wrestling, talking about wrestling, interviews. Uh, everything in that nature, all wrestling stuff, the angle podcast. That's pretty much it. Brandon. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't actually have a show officially, but I will say happy new year's to everyone. Uh, I do enjoy happy, a little porn hub. Peppy, happy like, new year. Uh, wrestling too. Uh, so yeah, it's all here. We got, we got all the elements, the alcohol. I'm loving it. Do you have alcohol, Brandon? No, I got I got some water. There's no alcohol here. What are you talking about? He's just drunk yeah, on we life. Don't have alcohol. <laughs> Brandon's this is got just that a delicious penis that he'll be jugging, chugging from randomly. Mm. 
Speaking and of Mr. Cal Bird, last but not least. Yes. Otherwise known as the hardest part of the ring. I uh, have a podcast uh, called The Apron Bump. We do, uh, we, again, doing we, do uh, retro reviews of uh, all kinds of wrestling uh, from the mid-90s up to current day, uh, Attitude Era, WCW, Progress, ROH, all that kind of stuff. So apronbump.com to uh, see all my episodes. And uh, yeah. I talk a lot about penis too, because, you know, <laughs> hardest part of the ring, you know, erections, it's an easy, easy transition. So that's why we get along so well. I'm not on porn. Right though, so like, you know, you know are we the only podcast that doesn't talk about penis. You, talk about you know, I, I guarantee so, you've talked about, yeah, penis. I've probably, heard yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Remember? Cause probably. I was trying to say that, you know, three is all you need. And then, uh, the <laughs> moderator said that I was virgin for saying that. So listen, Brandon, I do a podcast by myself and I've talked about penis. So you guys have definitely done it. Yeah, we've definitely done it. Yeah. Okay, right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I know, go. I know we're here to talk about wrestling, but my, my full plan coming on here was to just flirt with Kyle the entire time. Make Kenny super jealous. That's I'm on really the same page. I wish we were next, are we next to each other. Hold on. That's why I tried to look extra pretty. Uh, I tried to, uh, Wait, so what I tried the hell to like, wear my Matt Jackson dangly earring for you all to like, look really pretty and be the prettiest one on the podcast. But you know, <laughs> it didn't work out. Cause Brandon showed up looking all Rico suave like that. Oh man. You know, you know, I had a green shirt before we got on and then I was like, Oh crap. This he work. constantly yeah. shows up in green clothing, by the way, to be on a green screen, just for the record. Who has green shirts? I've never seen yeah. anybody wear a green shirt before. I guess Brandon's the only one. He bought them all. I Brandon, so, yeah. yeah. I like green. I don't know why people don't was like it. Was it like a bright ass green or was it like a dark green? It's uh, well, if it's I can a, grab it, if you that make me blue clues shit. All right, how about, can you see that? How's that? That's a fucking green screen. Yeah. That's not green. <laughs> yeah, you're holding steel. up a piece of canvas. I That's swear. Steel at best. It's steel. <laughs> you know what it is? I think it's the light. I think it's the lighting. It's mm. green, I promise. No, yeah. It's color black. Brandon only <laughs> shops the week after St. Patty's Day for clothes. <laughs> you, know, you know, everybody kept pinching me at uh, work. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this anymore. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm never going to have this happen yeah, again. Never, <laughs> never again. <laughs> Nope. He's prepared for everything but except, yeah. um, except safe sex. Um, now <laughs> guys, we are here to talk about this year in professional wrestling. That's why I wanted to get oh. all the boys on so that we could talk about all the best and maybe the worst things that have happened in professional wrestling in the year 2020. What a year 2020. Uh, good, good year in Matt's personal life. Congratulations, buddy. I know you had a kid this year. Hey. I did. Thank you. I uh, had my wife put her to sleep so I could do the podcast and be as loud as I wanted. So put her to shout sleep. out to That's her for taking care of that. I was going to say, do you understand how that statement would have sounded if, <laughs> if you were talking about your dog? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Sometimes Speaking of which, my dog just walked in. So, uh, yeah. Prove it. Pick it it's up. like this will be a rough <laughs> podcast. Anyway. Wait, okay. so <laughs> who here next is uh, going to have a kid? We're wondering. Everybody wants to know who, who's Definitely Kyle. Close. It's cats. definitely Kyle. Oh, okay. I have cats. I have cats. <laughs> yeah. Better it's definitely Kyle babies. because he's got to give that, he's got to give that t-shirt to somebody. It's, it's, mm. def, it's a children's size small, obviously. It's a medium actually. <laughs> it, it fits perfectly to my liking. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's called masturbation. <laughs> and I might after the show. Okay. <laughs> Let's all take a sip at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. everybody take a sip. Just want to let weird. you know that uh, Hollis said you are a virgin, Brandon, and more than likely you'll be the next one to have a child. Just depends on how fast you catch them when they're running away. 
<laughs> By the way, like uh, Fernando. Fernando says, "Congrats, Riddle." Just for the record, mm-hmm. he he did it on purpose. And okay. also, he's also requesting a roast branded segment. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, damn. Which we no. should do. But you see, this is awkward, right? Let me tell you why. Because all of us are well, except Brandon, mm-hmm. are like the hosts of our own show. And we're almost like, I can almost tell the temperament is don't step on each other's toes here because we're all trying to talk, <laughs> but it's okay, guys. It's, this is a free for all. This is a round table. No ego. Egos aside, Brandon, why don't you host it since you never get to host a uh, show? Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'll be the host. Um, <laughs> I didn't kidding. know this was just, this is just wrestling based uh, 2020 stuff, right? Or can it just be the year? In I mean, we, can talk. we can talk brother, brother. Okay, why? Yeah. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say before we get into it, I think the most important thing of uh, 2020 is uh, that oh, Ali and AJ funny. have re-released yes. uh, a breakup song, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait, who, who sent you that though? Wait, wait, before, before everyone just thinks that's Brandon, who sent you that? <laughs> no, no, yes, I, I, yes, uh, yes, Kenny sent me the link. Uh, and, and what was your response? Dude, oh my god they're all grown up now dude they're all grown up man <laughs> that tends it's to happen fantastic. i grew up it's weird because it's like you grow up with them and you're like oh you know it just it feels weird and then they're like well we're the same age now and they're like yeah right and they're like talking about grown people stuff now it's it's great it's fantastic what's your favorite song is, is this how girls felt when like chris brown went off the off the handle <laughs> <laughs> no. so you know aj's like, been in a lot of stuff like she's been around Movies, what? TV shows. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was on Disney Channel. She did. Well, no, no. After that, like as an adult, she was, on, she was in the movie yeah. Grown Ups with uh, Adam Sandler. Was she? Oh wow, well, yeah. What? She was in I Zombie. She was. See, Look I don't. This, I don't actually yeah. watch anything but uh, wrestling and porn. So I mean, that's. <laughs> I was about to say. I think it's that's uh, competition on Pornhub, Ali and AJ. <laughs> <laughs> that video before and we've already got, we're, we're getting yeah. kicked off of youtube uh, on, after <laughs> we've been on air for like 15 minutes that's the only reason i came on here is to eliminate you so i could rise above you <laughs> <laughs> but yes but anyway arm drags but we are we are here to talk about professional wrestling believe it or not even though we're not, <laughs> we haven't even touched the subject yet but uh what a weird year guys what mm. a weird year i mean I, I i don't think this has been I think this has been the weirdest year of my life, personally. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, look, I'm wearing a dangly earring, for God's sake. So, obviously, I've gone through okay. some stuff this year. <laughs> when did you change, Kenny? I, I have changed. Change. I've completely changed since last year. It's true. And it says, oh, crap, Kenny, did you remember to clean off your screen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa. What does that mean? Damn. <laughs> Do you still have your snow on the screen? No, that was no. I swear yeah, to God, uh-huh, that was yeah. snow. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> if you look at that episode, I actually took off the effect halfway through after everybody said that. It was 100% snow. Yeah, you wiped down the screen. I watched you. It's all good, man. Like, <laughs> I, I admire the distance, though. I don't know how far your screen is, but man, that's some, uh, some travel you got there. <laughs> I got to say, 2020 like, for wrestling. So yeah. yeah. Kenny wants to keep it on wrestling. It, it started off really hot and heavy, and then it got super disappointing. And then it kind of picked back up again at the end, kind of like having sex with me. <laughs> finished true, strong. Guys. I can, I can, yeah, I can yeah. attest to that. It finished very strong, but the yeah. middle. Mm, right. Left a lot, a lot yeah. to be desired. You were kind of bored. You're like, why do I even, why am I even putting myself through this? And then ultimately it was okay at the end. Uh, <laughs> Get from point A no, to point B. 
just like you said in Jan- in January, I mean, things seem so hopeful for professional wrestling. I mean, we had uh, let's start off with I guess the Rumble. Um, one thing I do want to call attention to um, because a lot of people might forget uh, that was the day the Rumble was the day Kobe Bryant passed away. So um, there was a weird, I don't want anyone to think the rumble was really, really exciting because I think we as wrestling fans, if you are also sports fans, um, the fact that, you know, Gianna and Kobe and then the rest of the people died in that helicopter crash, it really took the wind out of, out of my sails going into the rumble. Uh, So the rumble was actually hard to watch at first uh, until I kind of lost myself in it. And I mean, put it this way. It was so impactful that on the, what is it? The WWE 24 or whatever that they had when they were talking about the rumble or no, it was edges return actually edges um, WWE 24. Uh, they actually did a spotlight on wrestlers kind of emotional about Kobe Bryant. So they were out of it too. Um, but besides that, you know, obviously the biggest thing um, that happened at the rumble in my opinion was edge coming back. Yeah. Um, Brandon was in the room with me. Um, there's a reaction video somewhere on our YouTube I jumped in the air and nobody else was reacting. I was actually really pissed off about that. Cause it, to me, it was like, what were the odds of someone coming back after freaking nine years and a triple, what triple neck fusion mm-hmm. craziness. Yeah. But were there a lot of people saying like, Oh, we always knew he was coming back. He was just lying to us. There were rumors. Like I, I, I remember specifically rumors, watching the show yeah. and being like, man, I hope edge comes back. But like, will he though? Like I was kind of skeptical but do you about ever it. truly believe that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Brandon right. being with a woman. Like there's a possibility, but it's really far. <laughs> like it's really probably far off. And you're like somewhere deep down inside, you know, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to so- be the guy on Twitter. It's like, I always knew Brandon was going to get a girl. I, I, right. I knew it from day one. Oh I never doubted it. Right. I tried to tell you guys. Well, never be that guy though. It's like, if you have to be right, as opposed to having fun with it, like, you know, obviously I heard the rumors too. And like, there were rumors that he was um, up in uh, Birmingham with Dr. Andrews and he was getting his neck checked out, but you didn't know what that was for necessarily. Right. You didn't know that he was coming back for the rumble. And then um, a lot of people speculated, but we've been, we speculated for years, MVP, Carlito, all of these people, and they never actually showed up. Well, MVP actually did show up in the 2020 rumble, but we speculated for years on things. So when his music actually hit, I freaking came out of my skin. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was wild. It was wild. And it, it yeah. kind of gave me hope for 2020, believe it or not. It was like, you know, Hey, anything is possible. So and no, damn. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no doubt that edges return was a big deal, but in retrospect, based on his, his injury, would you say that MVP was the bigger return? Looking back say, on it as 2020 a whole. If we're talking about the year 2020, hundred uh, percent, I've actually, and no pun intended, um, I've told Brandon multiple times that I feel MVP is the MVP of Monday night raw because during the, uh, the first half of the quarantine era, you know, the COVID era with no crowds, MVP was on multiple segments, saving that show and had no business. He wasn't even contracted fully at the time and he had no business to be as good as he was. And yet he went in there and stole the show and it was like, you know, that takes a lot of balls. Can you imagine? I mean, guys, I mean, full disclosure, we're coming on here right now in our houses with nobody around it. it when you first start doing these kind of things, it's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you are talking to someone, it's kind of awkward. Cause you just, you're like, there's no one actually around me, even though, you know, there's people watching on YouTube, hopefully no, if they watch watching. my show. I mean, <laughs> Diego and Fernando and Hollis, but that's really it. That's, all we <laughs> that's it. That's about the it. First Monday Post night Raw after the rumble. 
Yeah. MVP, I believe he faced Mysterio, and he botched a, a few spots in that match. I think he, he botched the 609. And I was doubtful at that point. I was like, oh, what is this guy doing coming back? And then right. over time, like, look at the hurt business right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, but they, I, I feel like they found his, his niche, right? Yeah. So at first they were like, oh, we're going to bring him back as a performer. That didn't work out too well because he is limited. You know, he's, he's up there in age. And I don't know if anybody had saw on vice, there was a show called, I think the wrestlers. And um, he was talking about winding down his career because of injury. And, and this was his last year in wrestling. And then all of a sudden he's back in WWE. So I wasn't surprised to see that he had like, you know, missed a couple steps and things like that. Yeah. But then they found, um, they did a really good job because they were like, okay, let's put him with some other athletes he can bring up. Mm-hmm. And now that he wrestles sporadically, cause I think up until like last week, he hadn't wrestled in like two months, like something like that. And then he started again, but uh, they found his role. They definitely found his role. Yeah. And and that's getting proof for that. I mean, compare Bobby Lashley from 2019 to 2020 and MVP there's no comparison that. people thought you know that lana rusev storyline killed lashley but then you it throw did. mvp it did it did for me <laughs> as you thought i mean what as uh, he's, he's the united states champion right now and he's with mvp who's hyping him up and then you got guys like cedric alexander who was dead in the water pretty much and shelton benjamin and it's when he, he said he, he said he's mvp and a lot of that is just based on how many people he's brought up with him, you know, Cedric, Shelton, Lashley, all of those guys were, you know, drowning. And then now as, as we're doing this podcast, they're all like the main focal point of raw. So it's really a, a testament to how talented MVP and, is and, and all that. I'll, I'll be brave enough to say it. I mean, like full disclosure, the fact that he's bringing up black athletes to me, especially in the temperament of 2020, I think was needed. And I think that was, uh, yep. the, I think WWE made the right call with doing it this year. And I don't think that was by, um, you know, I don't think Vince sat there and said, damn it, push Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> you know, but uh, it just happened organically. The hurt business got pushed. They saw what they were doing and they decided to put Cedric Alexander in there, add different elements, but it, it's exactly what 2020 needed. It's mm-hmm. exactly what 2020 needed. And uh, I personally have yeah. say it again. It's what raw needed. Absolutely. But apparently that's not reflecting in the ratings, but we'll get into that, I guess. Right. <laughs> should, should MVP recruit retribution? Do you think you take retribution to the next no. level? Brandon, Brandon, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Brandon comes up, Brandon comes up with this fantasy booking that like has no rhyme or reason. And Brandon's like, you know, uh, you know, Chris Jericho could come back, join the herd business, you know? <laughs> Like, I can see it. I was watching you talk, Kenny, and you're very eloquent. You were doing a great job talking about how he's he's raised these black athletes up, and I can just see in Brandon's eyes, this is bullshit. There are way too many black guys in that group. <laughs> gotta get, it's true. Get rid of some of those guys right now. It's true. Hey, hey, Brandon, hey, Brandon no, kills give me, a T-bar. me Give me a T-bar. Give me a Ziggler. Can also, you Ziggler, the herb business? We're like, we're like 20 minutes or so into this, and we have not acknowledged Tattoo in his background. Are we, are we not just are we still not bring that up? Yeah, should we? Like, oh, it's man. to be expected, though, right? So Tattoo, if anybody doesn't know who Tattoo is, Brandon's lesbian obsession. Uh, they also did the uh, theme song for Victoria in How's 2002. That How's that go, Kenny? Lost <laughs> <laughs> mama. Go ahead, Brandon. What? What? All the things she said. All the things she said. Run it through my head. Run it through my head. Run it through my head. 
I was yeah. like, I'm not going to be able to hit this note. Number one played song on Spotify, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. Was that around the same time that HLA was a thing with Eric Bischoff? Yes. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Well, no, nice. a little bit. No, a little, so bit, a little after. bit after HLA. A little bit after. Maybe like two, three months after. <laughs> Can you believe there was a time period where literally a man came on TV and said, I know what you want to see. Hot lesbian action. <laughs> I mean, that it was like, they okay. They did want to see it, that, though. I mean, and then they yes, brought but... out two of the biggest, sexiest Samoans we have ever seen. <laughs> completely took away all the lesbians. Roman Reigns was there? I don't remember yes. being there. Yeah. First of all, Roman Reigns is very pretty. I would. Yeah. Getting back to yeah. February and professional wrestling, <laughs> anything happened in AEW? <laughs> We're in February. Any... Speaking of anything lesbians, happened in AEW. <laughs> Did anything happen in AEW in January? Someone's going to have to fill me in because you know what the problem is I have with AEW in terms uh, of like my memory? I just think of AEW so good that I almost don't remember it, like remember moments. I just remember that it was decent. I don't remember when things have happened. WWE is so like kind of like, it's kind of like Ritter in bed, like he said. You know, it's just very stagnant, very stale, and all of a sudden peak that I remember the moments, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're so new though. It's not like because the WWE has established like okay, the year is from Royal Rumble to whatever the fuck TLC. But AEW has right. had more time pre or post COVID than pre COVID, so it's like mm-hmm. such a weird like time warp in your head. See, I agree. I like don't exactly. even remember what happened this year in AEW. And that's a big thing I, is you have the benchmarks with WWE where you can attach things to like right. you said the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, so on and so forth. Great point, Kyle. You're so pretty. Um, <laughs> so you can attach those things there. You don't have that with AEW because, yeah, you have All In, but I honestly don't even remember, like, what point All In happens because we've had, what, two now? Hmm. What point of the year well, All In happens? Revolution yeah, was out. this year, right? Revolution, yeah, yeah, was, uh, Revolution was uh, February. That was so. a great pay-per-view, which, you know, yeah. I feel, it doesn't even feel like it was this year, but oh, that is oh, the best matches of the year. Was that uh, Kenny yeah. and Mox? That yeah. was a Kenny and Mox – no, Kenny and Mox was uh, the that was, November. That was Mox Jericho. That was where Mox won the title from Jericho. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's where, yeah, where he came in through the crowd, like that special entrance or whatever, like right. from outside, I should say. And that was where uh, that Young Bucks versus Omega and Page match happened. Oh, it's a good match. That See, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, because I guess because I don't have criticisms too much of AEW, I'm like, I, I struggle to remember it because mm-hmm. it's just good television. Um, I think but also later on, though, sorry. So go ahead, Joey. WWE, I think, is more moment-oriented, where they're not looking long-term. I agree. AEW is long-term. This story, because they're think about it. How many WWE pay-per-views do you have a year, and how many AEW pay-per-views do you have a year? Right. AEW is like four months out each pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. WWE right. does sometimes two in a month. You know, so they're more moment-oriented, where that's why we're talking about what we are talking about. AEW is just consistent. It's always consistent. And then exactly you know, the payoffs at the pay-per-view and they already go and jump, jump it into something else. So it is very hard to find those moments in AEW, but I don't it's know. like me. I'm like, I'm like a AEW in bed. Ritter's like WWE in bed. Got it. Fast and disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> he is a, he, he is the bigger company after all. Yes, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I will say I think AEW's had some great moments. I just can't remember what month stuff happens there. Exactly. But yeah, I, I and because I, I can't really associate things with the, with a pay per view or anything like that. But I remember, you know the the segment with you know Jericho and 
uh, MJF, you know, the, the singing number. Like, I remember that. I remember the steak dinner stuff, you know. Um, I remember Sting, you know. I remember. So I, there's big things that have happened in AEW that but I can later remember. on. But it's, so that's actually kind of, and thanks for basically right. jumping to what I was trying right. to say, which is uh, <laughs> towards the end of the year, I feel like AEW is now starting to be a little bit more moment oriented. So to Joey's point, it was a lot, a lot of consistency. But to me, consistency is amazing. But sometimes you got to do something to, you know, push the needle a little bit, a little bit more. And AEW definitely found the formula later on in the year. Yeah, um, and kudos to them. We'll, we'll get to that, you know, since we're running through this. But uh, February, uh, the one thing that stands out in my mind uh, was, and this is so crazy that this even happened with the way she's booked now, but was Shayna Baszler running through the elimination chamber and yeah. just running ev- through everyone, beating mm-hmm. every single person in that match. And it's so crazy because it's like, she's not being pushed like that anymore. And that's, you know, what Joey was talking about earlier is how WWE is moment oriented. And that's kind of like an example of that is because they were, they were thinking so short term, they're thinking, okay, we're in February and we're trying to build her to WrestleMania like a month from now, but we're not thinking of the long term for Shayna Baszler. So they, yeah, they dedicated that whole elimination chamber match to building her up and it did a great job. But once WrestleMania happens, I mean, what did Shayna do after that? I mean, she's a tag champion right now, but Ultimately, she should have been such a bigger star after that than she ended up becoming, in my opinion. But do you think that that was um, – because now, again, we have the, uh, the gift of hindsight. Um, do you think that that's because of Becky Lynch's pregnancy? Um, obviously, Becky was pregnant during WrestleMania, mm-hmm. so she couldn't really take bumps. Um, uh, do you think that that's why maybe the Shayna, Shayna Baszler push got kind of derailed? Because maybe she would have, would have been, been like dominant in that match. Say it again. And the reason why it happened. If Becky was no. leaving, they needed someone to fill in. I mean, that was right. effectively, that was Oscar effectively, right? She took the title from Becky yes. and they're, they're, I think there's money, still money in Shayna versus Oscar, but even more so at that time, I feel like. So I, I feel like but that the, still could have been a way for them to go with that. I guess the point I'm arguing is like, do you think like maybe if, if COVID hadn't happened and co and there, you know, they were going to be in Raymond James stadium, do you, th- and Becky Lynch wasn't pregnant. Do you think Shayna Baszler would have walked in and whooped Becky Lynch's ass to make that moment mean more? Because you also don't want to have a situation where, okay, let's say, you know, Becky was pregnant and she's not getting beat up. So how is she going to lose a title? It makes her look weak if they kind of, you know, have Shayna win on a fluke. So it's like, I, I feel like they were booked into a hole. I don't know. What did, what did Asuka do after she took the title? I honestly don't remember. Good question. Hey, Naya. <laughs> was it Naya? Wait, wait. So wait, Ritter, Ritter looks confused. I, Ritter wants to bring up a point. Let <laughs> he me always see. looks confused. <laughs> um, did <laughs> Becky know at, at WrestleMania that she was pregnant? That's a big dirt sheets. I'm going off of dirt sheets again, because we know reputation of dirt sheets sometimes are not, you know, not good. Um, But there are rumors that WWE knew she was pregnant, but obviously they will never address that because even if they did know um, they're not going to, they're not going to say that, which now then begs the question. You remember when Brandon was on this podcast talking about, I mean, why can't the Bella Bella twins wrestle pregnant? They go. (laughs) Well, that's my other point was if they wanted to put it over, we had, you know, the Firefly Funhouse match with Cena and uh, The Fiend. We had the Boneyard match. They could have cinematically done something with Becky and Shayna to put Shayna over and put the title on her and get Becky out of that if they wanted to. I agree. They had an opening with that too because if you remember that beginning of the feud – 
she like she bit her like a vampire and she bit yeah, she bit neck down oh. played into like that. again what were they thinking like they literally had Shayna Baszler bite <laughs> Becky Lynch in the neck and draw blood and it was just like it didn't make sense for the Shayna Baszler character like oh, it's to draw blood for the Shayna Baszler character she should have beat her into a bloody pulp not but, bite her neck but um, after after Becky Lynch announced that she was pregnant what they should have done is had Shayna Baszler come out, bite Becky Lynch's, like, uh, her uterus, stomach area, kill the baby, and then you have a built-in feud, you know, once <laughs> Becky Lynch comes Kenny, back. don't act like hey. this is something new. Kyle, You've that's had multiple booking. miscarriages. That is long-term booking. See, I'm thinking long-term. You can call her the abortion Shayna Baszler. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole – you got branding, you got T-shirts. Um, you Blood stained T-shirts? Yeah. Well, why fair. would you ever – the foam fingers. Abortion Shayna Baszler. In the shape of placenta, like foam fingers. Hey, listen, Gene Snitsky kicked the baby into the crowd. I was going to say. Anything is possible. Fair point. Fair <laughs> Do you point. not that remember? Wait, wait, wait. That wasn't his fault, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Reynolds had a miscarriage fault. story. Lita, you know, with the baby getting punted. You know, we've done this. But she was actually <laughs> pregnant. None of those were actually pregnant. <laughs> Which is why we folks. said cinematic. He didn't say yeah. actually go in there and tear the baby out. No, yeah. my point is none of, none of those women were actually pregnant in real life. Let's Let's be pregnant with Kane. have that in a big <laughs> segment. <laughs> you can imagine what we could have done with CGI. Mm, man. Really I good. mean, Rey Mysterio's eye got taken out, so... But let's right. go back. Let's go back a little bit. So let, that'll lead us into WrestleMania, since Ritter did mention that. So <laughs> let me give a backstory <laughs> where I was. So obviously... Go ahead, Matt. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just... Hollis wanted you to smack Brandon, but since you can't... Brandon, can you smack yourself for Hollis? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Let's do that every now. Like so February, full disclosure, I've said it on this podcast before. Brandon and I are from Tampa, Florida. Brandon and I have been a re- eight, what, eight WrestleMania, seven or eight WrestleManias. I think seven, because I think this was supposed to be our eighth. Mm. Uh, we've been traveling. This is like our, our trip, you know, every year. Uh, this year we were so excited. We're like, Oh, it's going to be in Tampa, Florida. Oh, it's going to be like, it's going to be, we could sleep in our own beds and then go 15 minutes to Raymond James stadium. We're amazingly excited. And then all of a sudden this COVID stuff hits something the world hasn't seen. And uh, at first it was like, you know, Oh man, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get the, get the hang of this that we'll get this under control i had full hopes i was like we're going to wrestlemania i don't give a shit like vince mcmahon will make it happen like that's just how it's gonna be then about two weeks before wrestlemania was supposed to happen i'm driving back from gainesville florida and i should have known right because i went to get my sisters from college and brought them back because of the you know the the covid scare and my phone starts blowing up people texting me, messaging me on Twitter, tweeting me, things like that. I'm like, what the hell is going on? WrestleMania moved to WWE Performance Center. What went through your minds when y'all read that headline? Absolutely nonsense, man. I thought thought it was going to happen. I thought we were still going to have the show. I didn't know they were going to just completely shut everything down. And uh, I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It's Vince. Like, who pushes yeah. through? Like, right. Like, That's what I like, said, too. Saying, yeah. And so I thought we were going to be there. And then, yeah, you're like, no, it's in the performance. And then I was in denial. Like, even after you said, like, man, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's bullshit. And no, nope. <laughs> it was in the fucking performance center. But it, it didn't make sense. It was almost like, you got to remember at the time, now we're kind of, it's a little bit more normalized. But at the yeah. time, we were like, there's no way. There's no way it's being pushed to the performance center. Even then, we thought maybe People they would uh, still do it in Raymond James. 
And you know, um, thing too, though, like how how the media was at that time, where everyone was extremely scared about it, where everything was shutting down, and everyone was expecting Mania to be canceled. I thought it was going to be canceled. Do you remember the rumors that, of the delay? Yeah, when I heard that they're doing it at the PC, I'm like, they might as well just cancel it at this point. I mean, like, how is their reputation going to, you know, stand with everybody saying, oh, this is shut down, this is shut down, and Vince is like, right. oh, we're keeping it up. You know what I mean? So I thought they were, I thought they were shutting it down. Personally. Yeah, I, I actually, I remember reading rumors that you know there was internal discussion of it being moved basically to extreme, extreme rules. Then they would kind of hot shot the storylines going to SummerSlam because you, I know it's so crazy to think, but at that time we were like, Oh, this pandemic's going to be a two, three month thing. We'll go back to work. Like we'll be normal. Everything will be normalized. And, and you know, that's it. And here we are. I mean, it's freaking January, 2021 as we, we don't seem to be any more normal than we were a year ago. Kenny, you tell um, me today, I think, about anywhere. WrestleMania. Last year, us all expecting this year WrestleMania to be in a different position, and we're just about there. That's what, I think it was something like what you tweeted today. Yeah, it, we're, you know, I, I said we were, you know, so sure that once WrestleMania 36 happened, oh, it'll be the only WrestleMania like that. I can't wait till next year when they're in Hollywood. Now right. we're at the time period where WrestleMania is two months away, and there is still a big question mark on if – they are going to do it in Hollywood, California. And I think, uh, I, I personally think the, uh, the litmus test, if you will, will be at the Royal Rumble. Because if they don't have fans at the Royal Rumble, I don't foresee them having fans at WrestleMania. I, mm. I, I kind of think, I don't know why, but I think they'll have like pockets of fans because they're in Tropicana Field. Again, maybe it's just wishful thinking, mm. but I can see it happening because AEW is doing it, because WWE is doing it at NXT. NXT is doing it, yeah. Right. It's like I can kind of see it happening, and maybe they test the waters. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Well, does anybody know about the Super Bowl this year, maybe? If they're going to think Super about Super Bowl's going on. Okay. Super Bowl's going on at Raymond James Stadium. Well, they don't have, they have Florida, like very limited people there, right? Okay. Limited, yes, but that's kind of. But we're in Florida, and I, I hate to say it, but Florida barely has any restrictions. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Where uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know uh, the Rumble had people in it. You know, if we're looking at what they do now with the Thunderdome, that that's why it was created. You know, like right. I don't think they expected fans to be anytime soon because they also you have to think also they have to they want to withhold their reputation so if they let fans in right people are gonna, somebody gets six yeah people are gonna bring negative you know it's gonna bring negativity toward towards their reputation so if they keep fans right. out you know we'll see so diego but, diego brings up a point he says they should do wrestlemania with a crowd that can only enter if fully vaccinated how do you feel about that they'll never take me alive damn it <laughs> I'm it's, fully fine with Brandon never walking into another WrestleMania again. Is that the question? Yeah. Yes, Matt. Yes, Riddler. Um, no, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> to answer the question, though, honestly, to take the Kenny stance on it, when I saw that WrestleMania was going on this year, I was just happy we were going to get WrestleMania. Like, even though it wasn't going to have a crowd, and I know all of you people that had tickets were sad, and I – didn't so i didn't really feel bad for you but i, I kind of did Fuck him. Um, That's what I'm, saying. <laughs> I'm like i'm still gonna sit at home and i get to watch wrestlemania so it'll be interesting to see now as far as the vaccinated crowd i mean if that's what they want to go do and there's enough vaccinations to get enough people in there then yeah fine cool like 
I'd rather have some people in attendance than no one in attendance, but I'd also rather have LED screens than what we had this year's with piped in crowd noise. So like they're finding a way to make it somewhat more enjoyable. Right. Um, going back to WrestleMania though, I mean, since we're on the, on the topic, um, I, you know, hindsight again, being 2020, I, re- I remember thinking like one, like, Oh my God, this is so awkward. This is one WrestleMania. I will say, I don't think you can really watch it back and be happy unless you're watching the cinematic matches. If you're yeah. watching the rest of the show, I think it's like just abysmal and it's not their fault. But uh, at the time, when you were quarantined, you had nothing to do. And to be blunt, I allowed Brandon to come in my house. Like I was like the, the Brandon was the first person to enter my house after anything. And the only person for maybe six months, you know, obviously besides my daughter, my daughter was here, but um, yeah, we, we watched it and it was just like, I was almost so grateful because there was nothing else going on. And to Joey's point, it was almost like, I was almost like, thank you, Vince McMahon for actually taking the risk of being quote unquote irresponsible enough to do a WrestleMania for us to entertain us. Um, because, and then to make it two days, I think was such a good decision. Uh, Because next, this, this year, I I wouldn't, if they don't, if they don't do a crowd, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a two day event again, if they do a crowd, definitely one day, definitely a one day event. They're not going to risk that twice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just so cool to have a Saturday and a Sunday where we forgot about COVID for a little bit, you know. They did the best they thing could. They did, they did absolutely. Party. Let me tell you, yeah. when I watched well, – I think a lot of us did. Looking back on it now, you know, being at the beginning of COVID, I don't think we were – nobody knew it was going to be where it is right now. So, looking back now, I think – if you ever have a moment in history where someone says, Oh, WWE sucks and WWE this go back, watch that WrestleMania. Look what they did in that scary time, leaving their families, doing all this stuff and put on a fantastic show, cinematic matches, whatever. Fantastic. They made it work. You know, and that was definitely off the sign. You know, Seth that, you know, all the things that they did, if you look back at the documentary, filming with Taker and AJ, Taker losing his brother the night before, filming whole 24 hours to do that, that match, you know, a lot of effort and I don't know what else you want to call it, went into that show. So looking back, risk. Now, a lot of risk. And I yeah. think fans looking, if you go watch now, you're going to be, you're going to think, damn, like I appreciate the hell out of these people, you know? Absolutely. I don't know this, but, uh, WrestleMania was actually on my birthday, and I, I personally asked Vince McMahon to put on a show for my birthday. <laughs> Thanks, Riddles. So, Thanks. You know, Wait, your, your birthday yeah, was two days? Wow. Yeah, I, I have a two-day birthday. I was born. I, Look at that head. It takes a long the time to come out. popped out at 11.59. The rest of me uh, okay. right at midnight. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the, the train didn't leave the station the whole time. You know? the, exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. Hey, some of us come I out. Apologize deeper, for talking so. about your mother like that. Yeah. I, I, I got stuck. It's not on her. Yeah. Like. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, though, Mania, I think, was a perfect example of um, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, it's kind of like me in this podcast. Like, you know, like I, I put myself through it with Brandon as a co-host. But, you know, ultimately, come I come out on the other side. Yeah, everything turns out okay. That's a mayonnaise and it becomes Okay. Yeah. Right. It becomes bearable. People tune in for me, see me abuse Brandon. 
I mean, exactly. what other podcast would they ask for a roast session of the co-host? <laughs> I don't know another podcast who puts on face paint for a podcast show. So I thank you. Right. Unless, unless Sting has a podcast, has anybody confirmed that? Not yet. <laughs> Coming soon. AEW restricted Sting. <laughs> so pretty. Joke. But, um, Again, talking about WrestleMania, the cinematic matches, I think, stole the show. Yeah. I think everybody has dwindled it down to which one was the best match, the Firefly uh, Funhouse um, or the – what was that? It wasn't called the Boneyard Firefly, match. Firefly Fun. Oh, no, it was Firefly Funhouse match and then the Boneyard match. It, okay, it was called the Firefly but Funhouse match. Okay, going, Boneyard. Mm-hmm. Going off that, because those are two, like, well, more so the Boneyard match, because that won the Slammy for best match of the year, right? Right, yep. And I think it's pretty much universally at least liked – by all fans. So I guess it's kind of a question for everybody. Like, I feel like WWE could have used this time to more utilize cinematic style matches. Um, even like stuff like the final beat with Champa and Gargano, it doesn't have to always be like graveyard, little fucking funhouse, weird shit like that. Mm. Like it, it could be matches shot in a cinematic they, style. They did though. I mean, they did for a while, like you said, like that match was technically a cinematic. The Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole right. parking lot brawl was technically cinematic. Rey Mysterio versus yeah. Seth Rollins uh, kind of was cinematic. Well, I guess my, qu- my question is, uh, I feel like they could have used that more so than just regular matches with no crowds. I feel like they could have utilized this time to experiment more with that. So I will say just from, um, we have a fan, his name is Mason. He has a podcast uh, called Wrestling in the Dark. He actually gave me the other side of the coin of that. And I'm sure a lot of you are in the chat with him. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mason said he doesn't like the cinematic matches because there's no commentary on on those matches. So Mm -hmm. as a blind wrestling fan, there's literally... Right. Like those cinematic matches, he can't experience it at all because you don't have Michael Cole saying, you know, AJ Styles getting put in the grave, things like that. Um, so something to be conscious of, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. They could, have, they could have done like the, uh, what was the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara match right. where yeah. they had commentary yeah. for it. So they could have, they could have evolved it. Um, or at least maybe even if, if not matches, maybe more like backstage, like kind of, I don't know if, if you guys remember, but when they were building up to one final beat with Ciampa and Gargano, they, they yeah. allocated like an entire hour of NXT. Yes, absolutely. I remember I was like, why is it going on so early? And then sure enough, it went the full right. hour. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like they could have at least done more of that stuff, more like yeah. character development based stuff rather than matches. Um, I mean, it's a learning experience for everybody. So I, I can't blame them for what they've put out, but. Let me ask you though, exactly. Do you think that uh, that what was that match with uh, Wyatt and Bray <clears throat> or Wyatt and, and Braun that was cinematic? Mm-hmm. Do you think that would have done well with commentary? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Oh. Th- yeah, I was gonna say I don't think you can do much worse. So it's like, <laughs> why not put commentary on it? Um, yeah, Edge and Orton was a little bit of a kind of a weird one at WrestleMania. Um, that was kind of like cinematic, but not cinematic. Um, so that had commentary. Might understand you didn't like the swamp fight. I didn't get out of my swamp. What? Yeah, I did not like the swamp fight. Braun Strowman (laughs) fighting himself. You didn't enjoy that. I liked it, but it was like I think it kind of left a little bit to be desired at the end. Didn't he drown? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Not not everything's gonna hit. Not everything's right. going to hit. Hey, I, I admire I, the attempt. I thought it was What's, up, what's up with this podcast, by the way? 
like Ritter's actually like, oh, I enjoyed it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like that never happens. His podcast, he's a little bit more critical. I'm the one that's like, no, it was okay. And here well, we are when you put us together. Anyone that's watching saw the faces I was making when you're like, AEW so good. I don't remember a whole lot about what happened, but it's just so good. <laughs> that I can't remember. I'm sure it was good. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, AEW was good. I like AEW. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. and Helico. What was your favorite moment? Uh, you know, oh, yeah, AEW. What's wrong is you can't yeah, remember I mean, anything the, entire thing the first yeah. half of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did so, AEW have that great uh, hardcore match with uh, they, st- Proud and Powerful? Oh, and, that was yes. recent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it, though? Arcane I don't think it was. Really, I don't thing. know. That was probably like August. That wasn't as recent as you think it is. What month is it? Oh, it's January. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) probably if we're talking AEW, the match that we can talk about uh, was was about April, May. I can't remember when the pay-per-view was, uh, but the stadium stampede match was kind of that cinematic cinematic feel. No, it was. Now, this is my gripe, okay? So let's let's go back a little bit. Uh, In March, we had the debuts of two amazing, amazing people, which were Matt Hardy, coming from WWE and Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper being uh, introduced as the exalted one. And I was more excited. Yeah. Rest in peace, Brody Lee. We'll get into that. But um, I was more excited for the debut of Matt Hardy. And I think everybody was when he showed up sadly enough on the first episode that didn't have a crowd at AEW. And he was just in the, in the stands. What a debut, really powerful debut. Yeah. And then I feel like nothing happened with Matt Hardy because to me, we talk about cinematic matches to tie this back in. You have the King pretty much the inventor of the cinematic match. You have all of these opportunities to have matches at the Hardy compound and Matt will shoot them himself. So in terms of budget, you don't really have to do much. Why wouldn't you utilize Matt Hardy more in that sense? Who doesn't want to see senior Benjamin? But I mean, he had one of the he had one of the best yet most arguably controversial segments in that stadium stampede match, where he went through all the transformations while being dunked in the water, and everyone, because of what happened with Shad Gaspar, mm-hmm. took that as them I, right. mocking Shad. Which, come on, people really That's think they're that like I'll give AEW shit, but that would be extremely classless, mm-hmm. and I do not see them doing that. No, but, and. and- I always said, just to to add to your point, I always said that if your mind goes there, it's actually a reflection of you, not the company. Uh, And and another example of that, to your point, Ritter, was Edge versus Orton. When Edge wrapped uh, one of the the cables around um, Orton's neck, people were like, whoa, Chris Benoit. And I'm like, who was thinking that? Seriously? Who the fuck was thinking that? You know what I mean? It just says something about your mind if that's where you went with that. Right. Why that was right around the time the dark side of the ring came out and it was pretty fresh. Up. That was a little bit more specific though. Cause I do remember thinking that because it was so exact. Like it was the same workout machine that I don't know right. if it was the exact same it was a lap pull down or whatever. <laughs> you the do fuck. have a point there. I forgot about that. that whole it, it was I forgot so about the dark side of the ring stuff too, that, to be that, honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah that's that also a good sense. point. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though it's like to have outrage about it, it's like, right. it's not what they were trying to do. So this wasn't on my, on my sheet, but can we talk about the dark side of the ring actually being a very, very ironically enough light in the dark uh, when it came to professional wrestling? Because during that first half of the quarantine, I remember tuning in every single week for dark side of the ring because I had time. We all did. Um, I remember Sling TV 
I didn't have TV and sling was giving it for free during the quarantine. And I remember be, feeling so blessed to be able to see all of these, you know, and uh, if you don't remember the Chris Benoit one uh, again, really early in the quarantine, um, they actually released that fully on YouTube before it was even supposed to come out. So I don't think it was um, fully. I think it was like a, like, no, it was episode one. Cause it was, was a two part episode. Yeah. It was a two part episode. And so they, um, they released the first week basically, uh, for free. So, uh, yeah, kudos to them. And, and season two, uh, I think it was, was probably the best season. It was, was better than season one. Yeah. So, uh, it's Diego's bedtime. He has to leave. So everyone say good night, Diego. Good night, Diego. Good night, Diego. Sleep well. <laughs> His mom caught him watching us and said, shut that shit off. So. <laughs> 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 He's like, who's that crude, bald, white guy on the top screen? <laughs> Get that shit off my screen. No, she heard uh, Kyle. That guy, I've seen that guy on Pornhub. He's a top? I've seen that guy on Pornhub. Only 11. It's not after hours yet. We're good. You know, Dark Side of the Ring was fantastic. Like you said, this season was probably the best. Uh, I really enjoyed it because my wife was working from home, and she was pregnant at the time when this came out. So I actually was able to go in while she was working and sit in there with her while she was working and watch the shows. And she, she watched wrestling like early on in the attitude era and then got out of it. So there was a lot in there that she didn't know that we were talking about and chatting. And that was a cool little bonding moment that we had during quarantine over like some wrestling shit that we could watch mm -hmm. together, you know, in the morning. Get, wait, wait, hold on a second. You and your wife bonded over uh, <laughs> UWF owner Herb Adams uh, being naked and snorting cocaine in his cowboy boots. Yes. Also, <laughs> how my daughter was born. <laughs> well, conceived. Uh, no, I've got cowboy boots. Go, someone else go. I can't, I can't respond to <laughs> that. The birth was done to that. Boots? I, I need them. <laughs> Prove it. Thanks, Ritter. Nobody oh. knows what to say after that. <laughs> Everybody's got that image going through their head right now. I just got the image of you being a, top, a power top out of my head. <laughs> I, I have Brand noticed that Kyle's hands bottom. have been uh, yeah. below the screen most. Why don't you mind your own business, okay? <laughs> yeah. Kyle, when you say I'm that, just look up. Look up to him. Like. <laughs> Was it, we got to do like the Brady Bunch thing. Hey, hold Brandon. on, everybody. Everybody, hold on. Hold, hold How's on. the air down there? Feels good. Smother me some more. <laughs> Smother me some more. Brandon's a nice middle here, right? Right where he likes to be. Giver and a receiver. Um, anyway. Hey, Kenny. Yeah. Hey, Kenny. I, I, have to, yeah. I have to make a sissy real quick. Do I need a bathroom pass? Uh, no, no, no. Please. Hey, no, no, Brandon absolutely knows. go. Yeah. yeah, see? Put, see? Kyle, I'm right there with you, buddy. You're, you're going to see my Shawn Michaels shorts. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Meat spin. I yeah. knew that was the men's bathroom. <laughs> Look at I that. told you. Ritter was right. He was right. He said that's a men's and women's restroom there. Oh, like, man. He was right. He was right. But anyway, getting back into it, let's talk about shit before Kyle comes back. Congratulations. Wait. Yeah. Wait, while, while he's in the bathroom, I, I did want to bring up one thing. We were talking about your mind going to weird places. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Like my sister or my mom or somebody, they had shown me this picture. It's like this interracial couple and they're like looking all like happy, like holding each other. And they're oh, like, what's, where is this going? Yeah. They're like, what's wrong with this picture? And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm he's thinking missing I, an eyebrow. Yeah. I'm like, he's missing an eyebrow. Some sort of optical illusion. It's like oh. flipped. Oh, okay. And I she's like, you don't see it. And I was like, no. And there was like a little, there was like a little cotton wreath or something like down at the bottom corner of the image. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, how is this supposed to, like, 
Brandon, like, Brandon's too innocent. Even go there. He's been waiting to say this for like three hours. I, I can only. <laughs> I bet. This I happened bet. just I before know. we came on air. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It's like, why would my mind even go there? Like, I'm not thinking about Chris Benoit. I'm not thinking about cotton picking. No, it's not the same thing. That is definitely not the same thing. Brandon, all, all in favor. Is that the same thing? It's the same thing. No. No, what? absolutely not. And now that Kyle's back. <laughs> oh, sweet mother of God. <laughs> this man was drinking a 12% beer before he got back. 12% beer before he got back. So obviously that's why his hips are a shaken. Uh, I want to know where you chop. What's up? Where do you chop? Brandon, by the way, we're still on air. It's not like we went off air for that, by the way. Good job. This, oh. this, sh- this shirt is from Roosevelt's.com and these shorts are from WWEshop.com. Actually. Oh, nice. Does, does Roosevelt sell adult clothes? No, no, but I, I have a question. Wait, wait, I have a question. Three inches they make clothes five for red. men. <laughs> Do they make clothes for men, Kyle? <laughs> I say. What are you trying to say? <laughs> anyway, getting you, back to hurt me. What month are we on, brother, brother? Yeah. Thank so I guess God you weren't here for Brandon's awkward interracial photo story it was basically let me summarize let me summarize brandon asked a question Uh, brandon asked a question where he basically was denouncing black people is pretty much what happened i think we could do another half hour on that so hey my thing is speaking (laughs) speaking of black people ready yeah Look look how many black champions we have in wwe right now all jokes aside, all jokes <laughs> aside, right? and Brandon said this tongue in cheek once, but, um, you know, I got what he meant by it. He said, you know, he's like back in my day, the only black person in WWE was Devon Dudley. And I remember <laughs> when he said that, I remember thinking like, wow, like the company is really, really diverse now. And it's such a good thing. I mean, I think, was it impact wrestling? that had their first, it was a, or I think the first time in history of wrestling, the two black wrestlers challenged for the world title. In a company. And Chris Bay. And that is ridiculous that it was the first yeah. time that that's happened. <clears throat> the fact that that's the statistic in 2020 is ridiculous. But at the same time, again, we go back to the hurt business. This was the year for it to happen. Right. So I'm actually glad it did finally, yeah. but I don't want up. that. The, the Rock but, versus Booker T at SummerSlam 2001. <laughs> me and me and the Riddle Man over there. Let me let me get let me get here. Point up at you. Me and the Riddle Man covered that on the apron bump. Uh, yeah, The Rock versus Booker T. Too black. And during it's, that it's, segment, <laughs> we ranked every male in that segment by penis size, and we determined that was it. Ron Simmons was the biggest, and Apparently. Shane McMahon had the smallest. Yeah, I think that's. You know. I think Shane's uh, packing. Yeah, Shane's if probably. The fact, the fact that he could rotate his that. penis to prevent a helicopter crash. Okay, <laughs> that's a sentence that I've said. Right, I think you, you remember that famous McMahon genitalia, the genetic <laughs> jackhammer. This is genetic jackhammer. I thought it was all about the grapefruits, though, not the vine. Right. Um, big grapefruits, small. How, vine. how can you wait? Wait, wait. How can you <laughs> have big grapefruits small. if the vine is small? Very possible. Well, if the I fruit's mean, gonna well, grow on the vine, brother, the vine's gotta be big, yeah. Well, what do you think AJ Styles would have to say about that? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how big it is. I, I know when, when when I got signed, I had to kiss Vince's ass a little bit. I, I mean, I, I did give a little stroke. Okay, uh, it was all right. I mean, I try. A little vulgar for my face, <laughs> but. Wow. Kenny, can you do Vicky Guerrero? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse not. me. Volume down. I was just saying, are, are, are we good. talking about like, can we do Vicky? Like, would we do mm-hmm. Vicky? That's a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, drags. getting back in, getting back into April. April was a weird time because we saw the releases of the revival. Uh, I forgot there was a, there was somebody else who got released early April as well. A big name. I think it was Matt Hardy. Well, that might have been Feb. No, that was February. It was S.A. Rios. Uh, Hardy was March. Yes. So Hardy was March, early March, and then he showed up in AEW. Uh, the revival was definitely early April. But then April we came to, uh, to about what? April 15th, I think the date was? April 15th. And I think that, that is a date that will live in infamy because... WWE. Yeah, it was a sad day because I think, I think with everybody being quarantined, especially, and really paying attention to social media when this was happening, I don't know about you, but as wrestling fans, like my, my, my heart broke. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of performers were released by WWE. Again, you got to understand, um, this was a time period where we didn't know what was going to happen in these companies. And uh, no less than, what, 30, 40 names were released in one day in WWE. And a lot more furloughed. Yeah. So I think, I think Joey might have the, uh, might have the names this? here. He's yeah, yeah man. we can read off. And you know what? I was right before before we actually, uh, when I first found the list, I was looking at some of these names, and there's some names in there I didn't even know. Like, like uh, let's see here. Norman Smiley was released. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. There's a lot of different. No, I didn't know that either. Absolutely didn't know right. that. I'll read off the list. We have Kurt Hawkins, EC3, Leo Rush, uh, Carl Anderson, Hurricane Helms, Drake Maverick, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Luke Gallows, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Dave Finley, Pat Buck, Sean Devari, uh, Scott Armstrong, uh, Sarah Stock, or uh, Dark Dark Angel. What they call her? Oh, I'm blanking on her name. I know who you're talking Sarita, about. Sarita in TNA. Sarita, yeah. Um, we have Lance Storm, Aiden English, Kurt Angle, Eric Rowan, uh, The Cologne, Sarah Logan, Mike Kyoto. Mike and Maria Canellas, Zach Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, MJ Jenkins, Josiah Williams, Norman Smiley, Serena Deeb, A. Steele. Uh, let's see. That's what's shown here. And then you had other names like Tino Sabatelli, uh, Ty Conti, Cassius Ono. Uh, let's see here. Those are Edgar Lopez, and I don't – the other names I think are just backstage. Kurt Angle, Rusev. Mm-hmm. I think you said so, Rusev. Yeah, I said all those. I, I'm saying it twice, damn it. It's oh, Rusev okay. Day. It's Rusev Day today. It's Miro Day, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Every day. It should be said that a lot of, not a lot of them, but some of them have been brought back. Like I think Nigel McGuinness was furloughed. I don't know if he was on your list. I'm pretty sure yeah, he was furloughed. Josiah, Josiah was definitely furloughed. Yeah. And then uh, he got brought back recently. There's a few other that I can't remember. But yeah, uh, Hurricane stuff. Shane Helms. Yeah. Shane yeah. Helms got released, and uh, that's your cue, Joey. Yeah, let me, let me tell you, I, I spoke with <laughs> Shane Helms, and I also spoke just recently with uh, <clears throat> T.J. Wilson, Tyson Kidd, where Shane was on, you know, the the negative end of that list. Where Tyson, he kept his job, and they both had the same responses. Where it was like, it was a, like a like a miserable day where like no one know, knew what was happening. There was a, the people who were released or furloughed found out a little earlier than when everything was announced. Everybody found out just for the respect of it. Um, but I asked him, I asked TJ, like, how do you go about seeing like 
other co how do you know it's not going to be you? You know, that mindset, like think about how us as fans felt watching that all play out, but behind the scenes for them, like this is their livelihood. This is their, their job, their career. So they put food on the table. Mm -hmm. There was no uh, head of the table then, you know, in a very tough time, tough time to have a job. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know like what, how much of an effect it had on their bottom line, but I can't imagine it'd be significant enough to really, I don't know. And some of them got text. Some of them got texted and then, then they got called. So imagine just like waiting to get a text. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like, especially if you're on the bottom of that, that list, you know, you know, you're not being used in WWE. You're like, I'm probably getting the call next, you know, or the text. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be an uncertain time. I will say the silver lining that I was reminding everybody of was that anybody that was released was getting paid until July 15th. You know, I, I just remember reminding everybody like, Hey, they're not like, they didn't just get cut and they're done. They're still at least collecting a paycheck. Um, not to say that that's, any sort of consolation, but at least they can survive for a couple more months is my point while they try to figure it out. Um, you know, like if I release Brandon today, like that's done, he's done. He's not getting paid a dime after that. (laughs) There's the bright spot, Kenny, we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah, They lost their jobs, but they're going to have a paycheck till July. Now imagine being Mike Rotunda and realizing that Vince called Bray into the office and said, you can either choose your dad or your brother, but you can't have them both. And that Bray picked Bo over you. Is That's Bo Dallas still there? <laughs> He's still there. That's got to hurt a little still bit. There. Where's Bo time? Oh, and on that list also, which I didn't read because I don't think it was there, uh, Curtis Axel was on that list as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Curtis Axel. I don't know why that was hopes for that Curtis Axel when he debuted, man. I really thought we all did. the next big thing. We all did. Yeah. Uh, Does anybody know what he's doing we, now? Because I don't know if he's – I know a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys on that list ended up in impact like at the same time, but I don't think Axel wasn't one of those guys. I don't really know what he's doing. He seems like a guy that might be able to have other talents. So who knows if he even, I mean, he also has like what, three kids and a wife. I mean, if there's any time to uh, just take it easy and kind of just chill out, uh, it'd probably be this year. You know what I mean? I don't think he probably was on the rush rushing to get on the road. He is 40, you know what? 41 years old. You know what I mean? I didn't think he was that old. And listen, yeah, they were names is. on that list. Yeah. They were names on that list that, like, we knew kind of were out the door. Like the Canellises, Rusev, they they were asking for releases. Uh-huh. You know, there's people on that list that, like, it makes sense. But the one name that stuck out to me, and like, I was, I was pissed that whole day reading all those names. But then you have a name like Mike Kyoto come up, and that, like, that was the one that set me off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If you look back, like, like this guy, time. Like, yeah. like you can't make room somewhere for this guy. Like, you know, like Agreed. it just it messed me up. That that one messed me up really. Like, so here's a Kenny for your thought. <laughs> Had we not, I like it, released Mike Kyoto from WWE, we would not have got that moment in AEW with Mike Kyoto. Mm-hmm. And is that not almost worth it to have that? Hey, moment things happen for a reason. They absolutely always happen for a reason. You know what I mean? Um, if Brody Lee hadn't been granted his release, you know what I mean? Uh, you never know. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, we might be saying, oh, look, Luke Harper never did anything. Yeah. He might have been on that list because we saw, look at the people who, Eric right. Rowe was on that list. He might have been on that list if he didn't get his release. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, oh, yeah. I, Drake Maverick. And look at how yeah. that turned out for him. Drake Maverick was actually the one that irritated me with wrestling fans. And it set me off 
because um, obviously he w- they were booked into a corner because they had already announced him for this tournament. And then they said, you know what? You're still employed with us for six months. Fuck it. Be in the tournament. Okay. And he did well enough that they offer this guy a contract. They say, you know what? <laughs> Shit. Stay with us. Here's your new contract for NXT. Right. And people went off and said, Oh, this is a, a slap in the face to everybody. They got fired. This, oh, was it a work? Was it this? And I was like, this is like the, the one part of re- wrestling Twitter and, and social media that I was like, just guys, can you fucking be happy that the guy got hired back mm-hmm. for his, for his skills? They didn't just hire him back for a storyline. They hired him back because he did well in the storyline enough that they were like, okay, we see potential in him. He lost the match and still got the contract. Right. Yeah. But let's play conspiracy theories. Anybody think it was a work on him? Me? A hundred percent. I think anybody of intelligence think it was a work. Oh, intelligence. (laughs) I don't think it was a work, but I will say if it was, I wouldn't have a problem with it because I think if, something that gets lost with wrestling because it is so bogged down in this. Everyone knows it's not real, but we all want to treat it like it is real is you're telling stories. It's the same thing as if you're watching law and order SVU and if it's okay to do on law and order SVU, it's fucking okay to do in wrestling. Like, right. And SVU is heavy stuff, man. Just like yeah. you were saying, it's, it is heavy stuff and, and wrestling, you know, to your point, Ritter, you bring up a, an amazing, amazing topic, which Ritter, is smart dude. A lot of people, yeah. What the fuck, Mo? I, I couldn't tell this from the from your misspellings and lack of uh, lack of wow. punctuation on text. Wow. But <laughs> my brain was Sorry. so much faster than my fat fingers, man. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> but you bring up a point, which is I, I feel like a lot of people forget that these are characters, and and they tie people into their their characters a little bit too much. So why can MJF go uh, to Brody Lee Jr. and say fuck that kid? And that's okay, but then some people will give other wrestlers shit for maintaining a character. I mean, that kid's dad just died in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he literally is tweeting out, fuck that kid in character. But why is it that fans can accept that? But then they can't accept, uh, I don't know, a heel being Baron Corbin being Baron Corbin on Twitter. Or let's talk about my favorite wrestler who had a big thing this year. Jeff Hardy? Fucking Jeff Hardy. Let's talk about that and <laughs> his awesome. drunken escapade. Hey, he ran over my boy Elias. <laughs> no, no, then, Rit- Ritter. If you don't want an L added to your name, then don't fucking add an L to some. Turnabout's <laughs> 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 fair play, goddammit. No, um, no, everyone got upset. And I understand that there are people that suffer from addiction and suffer from alcoholism, and they, they look at that. But the way I looked at it was he's overcoming. The, yes. you know, the way he's being viewed, mm-hmm. the negative things that are happening to him, he's fighting to overcome it. So it should be looked at as a triumphant story, not a dig yeah. at people who have alcoholism or addiction in their right. lives. Seamus, Seamus represented demons. Like literally, yeah. if you looked at Seamus, he was supposed to be the red fiery demon of, of the storyline. Literally. Literally was him making fun of Jeff Hardy, just like people do behind uh, someone who's an alcoholic's back. You know, they don't, you know, Mitch Hedberg says a really good, I don't know if anybody's a Mitch Hedberg fan. He says a really good line. He says, alcoholism is the only disease that, you know, you don't get sympathy for. And it's like, it's true. It is a Mm -hmm. disease. It is something that takes people over. And Jeff Hardy has come out on the other side. And I didn't like that a lot of, you know, to your point, Ritter, a lot of people were like, 
oh, well, you know, how do we know he's not falling off the wagon? He's not going to fall off the wagon again. Then the storyline is going to spit in the face. And it's like, okay. And so are you implying that if he does fall off the wagon again, that he doesn't deserve the respect of this storyline? You know what I mean? Like it's to your point that he's trying to overcome it. This is not a person who has beat it completely. He's actively every day going through this to try to uh, put this behind him. That was literally the point of the storyline. And I had uh, someone on social media, a girl said, well, I've seen the, uh, I've seen the other side of addiction, blah, 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 blah. And you know, I I don't know if I aired this on the podcast uh, without going into full detail. I have a family member very close to me, battle alcoholism, most of his life. I went, I saw it firsthand. And so it was like, how dare you? Because it was like, if I can tolerate the storyline and I can see why they're doing it, how come you can, you are allowed to go, well, I've seen it and you don't know what you're talking about. Cause I lived it, you know, bluntly, it was a parent. It was my dad. I'll just say it because obviously I'm getting specific here. And there was a time period he's beat it. Now he hasn't had a drink in years, but you know, when you're, when you're seven years old, you walk downstairs and, and at seven in the morning you hear, you know, it fucks you up. So again, I always said during that storyline, and I don't say that for sympathy. I say that for, if I can say I'm okay with that storyline, why were people offended by that? Yeah. And Jeff Hardy had to sign off on it. In, exactly. In some way. exactly. Right. Exactly. He was there not to be in the correct mindset. And if he didn't pass, you know, like they would not just mm-hmm. put him in there. It's at the end of the day, that's their talent. You know, they make money off of him. So if they're not going to put him into a situation where he's going to get himself taken off TV and get himself bring negative or, or bad uh, rep to the company, you know, so they, they checked themselves out and they made sure that he was on board with it. So I think that's a big thing that the fans are not picking up on. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened if he wasn't able to do that. But yeah, it, it, to the point, it's like you want realism and you want things that touch, you know, you know strike a chord the only way to get that is to do what I call kayfabe 2.0, which is to go with a real life scenario that actually offends people because you can't do that. Now you do it like you do the Bobby Lashley Lana storyline from 2019. People go, I know Lana's married to Rusev, but what if there were legitimate rumors of Lana and, and Rusev breaking up and WWE had turned that into a storyline would have been something completely different because we would have been like, wait, hold on. Is this real? Is this not? That's kind of what you want out of this. Can I say something about that? With the Jeff Hart. Yeah. So me me and my girlfriend watch wrestling together. We at least watch pay-per-views together. And it was literally like maybe two months ago, she looked at me and she's like, wait, Lana and Lashley aren't really together? So it's like, there's like, if you're like a casual watcher, you might think that that stuff is real. Exactly. So that's not that where I thought that story was going whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Lashley could come over and you could see? That's what I was thinking. I thought you were like, "Hey, maybe we could have Kenny stop by, try this whole thing out." I asked Brandon. He said he, he was busy. call me Miro. <laughs> you know, whatever. Brandon is a submissive middle. You know. Yeah. Hey, they have done an angle with. Um, Oh my gosh, the uh, New Jersey girl. Oh my gosh, Snooki, Carmella. Yeah, Carmella uh, and uh, Jersey girls. <laughs> Carmella, Staten Island. What are you doing? Staten Island. Jesus. I, the funny part. The funny part is no, no. The funny part is I knew exactly who he met when he was. Uh, I speak Brandon. Is yes. really what just happened. Uh, that's unfortunate. He went uh, Jersey girl. I'm like, he's got to be talking Carmella. 
Because I would have yeah. said Deanna Perrazzo, right? If, if you said Jersey Girl. Are you talking well, about the current know. story with Carmela and Graves and Carmela's um, sommelier slash man lover? Reginald. 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 Reggie what's from wrong? the block. What's wrong with getting into that? Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I think it's spicy. I like it. Me too. Spicy was the I, word. That I now used. know what's on your Pornhub search history. <laughs> I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. Back to what we were just talking about, real-life scenarios, um, playing out in WWE. I put out a tweet a few weeks ago asking people during Monday Night Raw, do you think that a COVID-related storyline would play out well in WWE? You know, no. it happened. Ritter, Ritter, no. You said you brought up before Law and Order. Law and Order are playing out COVID storylines. They have masks and they're people are Grey's Anatomy. People are dying of COVID on the show. These are all characters. Do you think that this could somehow be correlated? This, okay. So Someone said Sami Zayn could be the perfect one to, you know, present it on TV as a heel. But oh, yeah. everybody that answered was like, no, it's offensive. It's this, it's that. Like, That's I the problem. Your, I want to get your opinions about it. Well, I, I don't I, know. Let me elaborate. Let me yeah. elaborate. Because, um, uh, yes, it is offensive. But let me tell you what the difference is. Yeah. Uh, in a law and order and in a, uh, you know, ER type based show, obviously hospitals are dealing with this problem. But you also know that these are actors, right? WWE is a, a sports environment. And what's going on in sports right now is athletes are testing positive for COVID. There are athletes testing positive for COVID in AEW, WWE. So it would almost be a little bit too close to home because there is an actual possibility of, of, of wrestlers testing positive, in my opinion. Well, go ahead. No, no, no. You here. literally just contradicted yourself. You said it's okay <laughs> so? for Law and & Order and um, the other shows to parody something happening in real life with actual frontline workers, but actual athletes – are going through this and it's not okay for WWE to do it. How what is I'm that saying is that no, no, I'm saying it in, a, in terms of public perception. I'm not saying I'd be, I'd, well, I'd be wrong with it. I'm just saying in terms of people will accept it on a scripted show, but they're going to say WWE, they're going to be like, Oh, well, there were wrestlers that tested positive for this. Look, it's irresponsible of Vince McMahon. So I'm just thinking it would cause a PR nightmare. I'm not saying I'd actually have a problem with the storyline. And see, that's where I agree with you. And uh, to answer um, Seamus's better looking younger brother's question. Um, <laughs> is that Brandon? They would be able to, do, <laughs> yes, it's Brandon. Okay. Uh, no, they'd be able to do it, and I think they could actually do it well. But again, it's the toxic social media actually, wrestling Twitter vibe that yeah. would automatically complain and cry and whine and try and cancel this whole thing and not be okay with it. I want to save 2.0. Someone okay, so wanted I, to be like, oh, does he really yeah. have the, the coup or not? I Someone used the awesome. idea of it being like Sami Zayn, you know, comes out with a mask and he does this whole COVID thing and it gets him from competing in matches. That can kind of be the storyline that, you know, I was kind of talking about somebody with, uh, talking to somebody about, and they said that's the only way that that would be able to work. And then you have superstars like Daniel Bryan and other people who like, I don't know. I don't know. So, if yeah. so let well. me elaborate. Let me elaborate because I actually missed uh, something I wanted to say. <laughs> the problem with doing a COVID-based storyline right now is that it's still too rampant in this country. So it would it would be irresponsible in the in the media sense because there are still people, hundreds of thousands, you know, who are still being affected, hundreds and thousands who are dying and have died still 
without, you know, I know they have the vaccines, but there still is no official cure. There is still no, we're still being quarantined. We're still social distancing. So it almost feels like it would be too tender of a storyline now. I have now, to Fernando in the chat, by the way. He's talking about how yeah. Keith Lee lost like nine members of his family. Right. And right. People, I totally get it. That's what I'm getting at. It's like totally Keith Lee's it. not going to accept that storyline working in a company that's like making a storyline out of this. It's exactly. just a little bit too much like to do right yeah. now. I mean, now if in, in the 2022 rumble, Sami Zayn comes out with a mask after everybody's back in the crowd the crowds are back and he comes out with the mask, like you're saying, and like, I don't yeah. want to, I'm not going to be in this because you know, there's too many people in the ring. I don't want to touch everybody. Ha ha ha. Now it's funny. However, it's just, it's timing. If he, if he comes out with an El Generico mask, and reforms his character from earlier in his career, then I think we're talking. That's that's insensitive because Eldrin died in a fire in Mexico. That was <laughs> no, but like now, to me, I mean, it's just like a risk risk reward thing. Like, could they do a COVID storyline? Sure, but like, what's the benefit? Like, I mean, as, as Joey brought up, I think Sami Zayn could be a good a good person to do that with because it's kind of a chicken shit heel. He like, pretty much did that being away for six months. So I mean, but that's what I'm saying. He, he's yeah. still doing that, but without yeah. the COVID undertones. So it's like it's kind of unnecessary. It's an unnecessary risk, in my opinion, to kind of bring the COVID aspect into it. What if they had used the COVID story not as if someone contracted COVID and got sick, but they had kept the belt on Sammy and Sammy refused to defend the belt because of COVID. And he would show up every week, he would wear his mask, but he would not go and compete because he did not feel it was health conscious. Or here. Use that as a loophole I, I out got, of a 30 here. day no compete. I got, I got, I got the secret ingredient for hey, to, to, to save, to save raw here, right? Okay. So the, uh, was it almost the, the big, uh, the bodyguard for AJ Styles? Who doesn't yeah. change his clothes, by the way? Exactly. You uh, get him away from AJ. The, drip, the drip's too wet. The drip's too wet. You can't change it. Precisely. Get him away from AJ for a few weeks. <laughs> let people forget about him. Then you re-debut him as COVID. <laughs> He's wearing a mask or whatever. He has like little things coming from his head or whatever. Call him COVID. And then he could be your top heel. And it happened. Listen, they, the I think time. the top heel in the company is 2020. I mean, everyone saw that video of Drew McIntyre yeah. kicking 2020's ass. So that's just the way to go. That I was think. Fucking god awful. <laughs> By the way, I have to go. I have to make a point to uh, Hollis in the in the group chat. Yeah. Writing that wrestling wrestling is an escape from what's going on, and if you know I, that, I think is the underlining thing here. Wrestling is an escape for all of us, and to see something playing out in real life that we are experiencing, I don't think I don't think it would work. But yeah. then to Ritter's point, are we contradicting ourselves because we're okay with the Jeff Hardy storyline, which is happening to people, is a part of real life. It does it hit home a lot. Or is it because it's a little bit more uh, controlled, for lack of a better term? Uh, it, you know, it can be hidden in a house more mm -hmm. as opposed to COVID where you could just go to the grocery store and contract it. Let's be clear. The only thing to be upset about that Jeff Hardy storyline was the fact that that man pissed three gallons. Of <laughs> that was my favorite segment of the year. I don't know about you guys. People were focusing way on the wrong details there. And it was like in 10 seconds too. It wasn't even. Yeah. He pissed out a whole thing of twisted tea. <laughs> also, if, if you're being Topical. accused of running someone over, maybe beating the shit out of that guy isn't the right way to go about settling that dispute. <laughs> maybe try and help him find the real person that hit him with the car. Just saying. You don't it think wasn't, about wasn't that storyline already like we, we figured out it was Seamus? Did, didn't that happen? 
Well, no, yeah. Seamus set Jeff Hardy up, but I don't think we figured out that Seamus. No, no, no. I, I'm pretty Elias. sure we. I'm pretty sure it was. It was said that it was. Um, they said it was uh, Seamus. It was. Where Seamus, he had a yeah. red beard and oh, red, had a red hair. beard and red hair and whatever. Oh, you yeah, see, Ritter doesn't pay attention. You see, Ritter doesn't pay attention to the show, and then it says Vince McMahon's an idiot for the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we had made a better storyline, I would have paid attention, Kenny. Here's another question. Out of, me this. Ways, out of all the ways to bring back Elias, you bring up you you start off again that storyline mm. that happened like months before that everybody forgot about, or at least what's wrong with that? I love when they I love continuity in professional wrestling. I like when uh, 1993 when Marty Jannetty came back and uh, because Shawn Michaels took him out. You know what I mean? 1993, bro. We're you <laughs> even born then, Joey? I was born that year. Wow. See? Look at these babies. Wow. The were worst thing to happen to 1993. <laughs> I was also born in 93. So. Wow. Not what you think that. Wow. Get that. Wow. So maybe 1993 swag. rivals 2020 swag. for worst year in history. Wow. Since we're talking yeah. 2020, let's talk down. about Marty Jannetty confessing to fucking murder. <laughs> no. Yes. It wasn't murder. Allegedly. Right? 2020? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Well, this year. Yeah. I'm very by a strange man. Multiple. I remember. <laughs> I remember Brandon reading it. I had to go. It was in the first time I had to take him to the, the back and finish him or something. I was like, wait, what? And then he start, tried to say, he tried to say it was a wrestling angle. I was trying to shoot brother. <laughs> what? I, I need you to rewind that entire sentence back from you finishing Brandon in the back and then yeah. him shooting. <laughs> That's what I heard. I, okay. I'm very, I'm very confused. What's going on? I, I was, you know, so you were talking Brandon. about how, you know, alcoholism is, uh, you know, it's a disease and so is gambling, yeah. like you gambling with Brandon coming over during this pandemic. Um, yes. So we're all praying for you. Um, but no, again, you, you took him in the back and finished him. <laughs> yes. And then he, he shot. Right? And he shot. Yeah. And he shot. That incredible discipline. You, was he reading he shot. a tweet while you were finishing him? Is this yes. a so Brandon do? <laughs> How is this on How do you video? think I get him to come on this show? Dude, no, literally. How do you think I get him to come there. on this show? <laughs> Just text him Marty Chinetti tweets. Put a tattoo in the background. And then you, you got yeah, a little tattoo right in the background. I think that went over everyone's head. All the things come, said. Come on the it. show. I got it. Thank Believe you, Joey. I, I got it, Kenny. <laughs> Can you explain it to her? very stupid. Yeah. Herpes. I got that from Kyle, though. You know, it's funny seeing yeah. Brandon laugh and then the two girls behind him laughing at the same time. Yes, they're loving it, bro. Girls, it looks, it. everyone looks so happy. But it's let's the go most back women to... that have laughed at anything I've ever said at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to Double or oh. Nothing? Because yeah. I want to talk about a criticism here. Wait, we're talking about wrestling. So, yeah, we're talking about professional wrestling, believe it or not. <laughs> was I the only one that thought that Double or Nothing? Was it Double or Nothing, Brandon? That I said was like, might have been their worst pay-per-view? Oh yeah, you, you weren't you weren't a fan. Yeah, you weren't. Was not it. happy with it, and no, I won't mention I who. Either. But some uh, some famous people in the wrestling business were in the crowd there for the first time, and I was texting and going, and I'm like, "This is your first show. How do you feel?" And they literally were like, "We're never fucking coming back." Mm. What was double or nothing? I even remember what was on that card. That was nothing. where Matt Hardy got that concussion. Yeah, was, was that not all every in every match, man? Every match had something. No, All In was August. A Double or Nothing was May. So I'm pretty sure this was the May pay-per-view. Don't quote me on this. I think the August pay-per-view was the bad one. I think it was, was August because yeah. Hardy, Hardy got hurt and he was gone for like a month. Well, I'm going to Google it. Wasn't I'm Double or Nothing Google the it. one that had the stadium stampede? Yes. 
I think it was. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. No, you're correct. So it was all in. You see, twenty. The problem is, twenty twenty is just all wrapped up together. Yeah, yeah it all blends. It's not an AEW. I agree with that. It's a twenty twenty. AEW was so great. <laughs> it was so good in twenty twenty. But no, everyone is correct. It was all in, um, and all in it was just. I'm um, looking at the card right now, and it was. <sighs> I remember watching half. It wasn't good. What was the main event? It was Mox and MJF. Okay, that was no. a it was a fine match, but like the the, the pay per view just. By the way, did, are, were we saying all in this whole yeah, time? Yeah, it's it all, all out. out. Yeah. By the way, all in was the the first. All in one. was the first one. Wow, <laughs> fucking wrestling podcast people, guys. <laughs> this is what you this is what you're tuning in for. People who are experts in professional wrestling. But we, I'm just trying to figure out really how point, though, because think about it. Like what we were talking about before with WWE and AEW. You know, we are all people who have wrestling podcasts. This is what we cover, and we are like confused right now, and that's that's due to AEW. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I, I have a hard time <laughs> keeping track of the months. So that's you have a hard time keeping track yeah. of a lot of stuff. I feel like so. You know, <laughs> just part. Of Look at his background. Everyone's laughing. <laughs> Raymond, what day is it today? Who's president? <laughs> oh wait, I think no. Trump is still president. Yeah, that's impressive. right. That's impressed. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have your license? Stop the steal. <laughs> uh, I think I got a. I think I got a license somewhere in here. All right, I can get around here. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. It might take a while with all those pockets on a shirt. <laughs> what kind of cargo are you carrying there, Beatles? Oh, this is not the green shirt. <laughs> Look at that. Look at this guy. Why do you have it on you? I don't even know where my license is. I don't oh, drive man. anywhere anymore. <laughs> Why do you have it on you like that? It was in my pocket, you know, because I, I just got Wait, out of yeah. I Kenny specifically said, take your pants off and get on the podcast. Why are you wearing pants? Hey, yes, boxers true. don't have pockets. <laughs> boxers <laughs> don't have pockets. We need to be able to see his face. It's going to cover the camera. If Joey, if your box, Joey, if your boxers have pockets, I need to see them. But going back to it, guys, because believe it or not, we're nearing like the two hour mark, believe it or not. We're at about an hour, hour and a half. I lied. An hour and a half right now. So an hour mark was great. Yeah. So (laughs) AEW all out. It was all out. I understand why it happened. We all complained that uh, Big Swole versus Britt Baker, which, by the way, was basically a cinematic match to Kyle's point um, in the tooth and nail match in her office uh, was supposed to be on the buy-in now because of the bad press, because of the fan perception, they moved it to the main card. The problem I feel to me started the event off wrong. They put it on as the first match. You do not put a cinematic match on first because, because yeah, exactly. The next match was, I think was Jurassic express versus uh, young bucks. Bucks. Yeah. And it was like, how do you not put that match on first? Because that match it is definitely the match. As soon as that guitar riff hits for the young bucks, the whole place is going to come unglued. And, and it then, wasn't a last call to do that either. It was, it was promoted like a day before. Right. Right. They changed it. And then again, do not start a pay-per-view cold. My opinion. I was confused. And I think that match too. It was the most confusing match. I didn't know because there was no rules. They didn't elaborate on any rules. Like how do you win that right. match? It was like a tooth extraction or something. It was good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think it was good, um, but I think it should have been a little bit later to cool the fans off after mm-hmm. a hot match. I agree. Simple as that. And then the Matt Hardy incident where the match got stopped, Didn't and then all of a sudden he started up again, and it was like that was confusing. Yeah. And then was it Matt Seidel debuting and then right. falling? Yeah. And then that – so it was just like one thing after another uh, that just felt wrong about that pay-per-view. 
Yeah, it felt very, very like like forced. Yes, mm. it did. It very. felt like they were spinning wheels at a certain point. I feel like at the beginning, um, when like the beginning, it messed them up, and it just trickled down right. to the man. Like Ritter in bed, he didn't get start off correctly, and then no, 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 you, know, no. The, you missed it. out. Start off hot, Peter out. And then finish strong. Finish strong. Okay, so Ritter out. gets it right. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. start off with the cinematic match. No, I'm like a WWE pay-per-view. I was just going to say, that was, yeah. <laughs> now, what is it that you have if you, like, dribble out? <laughs> what? Serious. Brandon. Well, for Brandon, 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 that's a question for your doctor. Oh. Not your dentist. Right, please. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't like how eager he was to ask that because, like, it was like on his mind. Yeah, me neither. Are open. I know that. So, okay. Now, no, actually, no, he's right. Please DM Britt Baker right now and ask her. Ask her. What it is you have if it dribbles out? So, getting speaking of dribble, the Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio uh, storyline with Seth Rollins. I have no idea how that transitioned. That was a great <laughs> <laughs> that storyline throughout the whole summer. Uh, was I the only one that was actually a fan of that storyline, or what? I loved it. Wait, who's Dominic Mysterio? Is there anything you don't yeah. like but black people, Brandon? <laughs> I'm very confused right. here. Seriously. <laughs> you know what I really liked about the story? I loved the love story between his daughter and Billy Murphy. That was really good. Yeah, I was completely buddy. wrong on that. Billy Murphy. The one thing, buddy, the one buddy thing buddy. that was... Com- what oh, was no, it? he calls him he, he calls him <laughs> Billy Murphy. Billy yeah. Murphy. Got it. Okay. That was a great love love angle. Was Cedric the Alexander there? <laughs> Cedric the Alexander. That makes sense. But uh, the let's we be remiss if we don't talk about Rey Mysterio losing his eye uh, eh, during cash. that feud. During that feud, announced that he is functioning properly now. It is back. Right. Oh, no, it was back. only subluxation. It wasn't a full removal. Right. It, was it wasn't a full removal. It was still attached. Ah. Exactly. Uh, and we thought that that was the most ridiculous thing WWE was going to do this year up until the fiend got burned freaking alive. <laughs> it's something to say that like, we're it was like what December really when it happened and we're everybody's watching this and then we're like, yeah, sounds about right. It's how you end a pay-per-view. They literally or figuratively basically killed off all of my favorite male superstars <laughs> this year because that Rey Mysterio Buddy Murphy, uh, Seth Rollins story destroyed the career of Aleister Black to the point to where they don't even know what show he's on anymore. Mm-hmm. They completely <laughs> forgot about him. Oh, they thought he was on Raw. You're one SmackDown superstar. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. they burned The Fiend alive on TV. So, yeah. No, literally or figuratively. You know, well, let's go back. We actually, I think we missed something really major in February oh. when The Fiend fucking lost to Goldberg. No, that, that didn't happen. showdown. We didn't, didn't miss happen. anything. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Wait, what? Who? That was non-canon. <laughs> Dude, that's how I, I actually treated <laughs> Super Showdown. I was like... Soil. It didn't happen. Wow. Wow. Look at that. You hear this guy? Get Trump Jr. over here saying... If it didn't happen... If it didn't happen on American soil, it never happened. Well, you, didn't like, you didn't like Undertaker winning the fucking uh, Albuquerque... Uh, tournament title or whatever for Kirky tournament. What was it called? A trophy and just walked away and didn't take it. I don't understand. Hey, I actually am happy that segment happened because I'm like, you know, 
obviously hindsight being 2020, we didn't actually get AJ Styles versus Undertaker in a match. At least we got to see them in the ring and like AJ Styles got to take a bump from the Undertaker. Like mm-hmm. I was what? like, okay, cool. Like that was like their one match. And then they had a cinematic match. This is the same show that they released Ricochet, right? Is that, is that the same show? Brock Lesnar like pretty much just ate him there. When, oh yeah. When, when he basically made him a skid mark on the, on the ring after the match. That was a weird yeah. move. Ricochet has not been the same ever since ever since he switched to shorts, and literally that was the first match he wore the shorts. Yeah, that I yes, good eye, good eye, Kenny. No, no push. Yeah, Ricochet enjoys a bit of the uh, glute play. Oh, sweet mother of God! Yeah. How do well, you know that, that? We're at that portion of the show, guys. <laughs> <Wasn't> that, <laughs> no, that, I thought that was a major thing of, of the year, right? No, or did that happen? No, I mean, it, it, it did, but why are we uh, talking about Ricochet's leaks, please? For the okay. love of God. Yeah. Brandon, I'm going to leak your phone if you don't stop. Okay. Then again, I might send you to jail for a while there. Someone um, in the but, chat, Goldberg winning caused the world to stop. I think so. I think so. I think, I think once Goldberg won the universal title and once Shayna Baszler bit Becky Lynch, I think it was all downhill from there. Shayna was the one who spread the – who knows? Right. That was, she was the fucking bat. That's the origin of, uh, that's the monkey fucking a person uh, origin of COVID. Is that how eight started? <laughs> I haven't researched it. Excited. I'm just excited for Monday Night Raw. Legends Night. We've never seen that before. Carlito. Boogeyman on Raw. Guys, ratings. Boogeyman. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, guys. Yeah. Let's try. We got a couple more points, a lot of points that I actually want to make. So let's start like wrapping this thing up. I, I just briefly will say Dominic Mysterio, the whole point of bringing him up. I think he had a hell of a career in 2020. Where'd he go? He stepped up to the plate. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on with them now. Came back. But, uh, yeah, but he stepped up to the plate big time, especially mm-hmm. when his dad got injured and they started slotting him <clears throat> into matches. Um, after the fact. So uh, kudos to him, man. Uh, he's got, he's got a, a hell of a future in, in re- the wrestling business. Uh, Tark to come back uh, from your mommy and daddy walking you to the bus stop every week. Exactly. <laughs> I know that meme, that meme with the, uh, the backpack. But again, I, just because there's so much major topics, you said can't forget about Cross. Uh, we'll, we'll skip carrying Cross. He had a, a really good rise, but he did get injured. Uh, just because I have some major, major points. The rise of Drew McIntyre in 2020. And I don't think any other champion could have carried us through the COVID era because, uh, you know, my opinion, he said it, but this is my opinion. Um, he knows what it's like to get kicked, uh, when he, when he's down and, you know, be given, like, think about the fact that he was supposed to have this big WrestleMania moment. And then it happens in a close set with like four people in the whole stadium like a camera guy a couple well maybe more than four but a couple camera guys uh the announcers and the two guys in the ring and the referee like that's crazy to go from mm-hmm. eighty thousand screaming people i would have been one of them brandon would have been sleeping you know it would have been great um to this moment where you know he says he broke the fourth wall and at wrestlemania he looked at the camera and he said thank you and he said if he felt it was the right thing to do and it absolutely was he thought it was going to get cut and post but they kept it um, I think, I think just having the wherewithal to do stuff like that, that's why Drew McIntyre was the right guy. And maybe that's why we got it the way we did, because, you know, hypothetically, I don't know, the fiend was champion still, let's just say the fiend, right. Just for all 
shits and giggles. As good as Bray Wyatt is, would he have been that guy to make us feel hopeful to make it? You know what I mean? Like, no, but Drew McIntyre gave us like that, like hope of that, like strong guy that's been kicked down, but he overcomes adversity, things like that. What the fuck are you going to say, Ritter? I was not, I wasn't going to disagree with you. I, I agree with you on the point of Drew McIntyre. And I think a lot of people were very unfair to Drew McIntyre this year and saying, you know, his run was boring and this and that and take the belt off. I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter, but I will say the fiend would have entertained us. He may not have been the guy to give us hope, but he definitely would have entertained us as champion. But no, Drew was fantastic. Drew, uh, JR called it, said Drew would be champion by this WrestleMania. He did it. He took it. And he's really done everything he could as champion to make himself feel like that top-level guy, that the guy. Right. And I was actually discussing this with Brandon of like – he gives me that feel, that rock, that Austin, Triple H, you know, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. He gives me that feel, right? That like that, that like I get erect, you know, thinking of uh, mm-hmm. of Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but no, but Drew McIntyre really seems like that megastar, right? Like we've been missing. Okay, the only other guy that fits that mold. Go ahead, Ritter. You want to make a joke there? No. What you got for us? <laughs> That fits I'm sorry, that, uh, you, were, you were talking about looking like a superstar and I was just looking at Kyle. <laughs> I was going to undo buttons. Podcast, I forgot. Oh, yes. Kyle, uh, I just want to know, how is the clearance aisle at the Baby Gap? <laughs> wow. Um, no, very good. Bro. Very empty. Very empty. No. He's very early 90s rock right now. I'm going right. for him. Very Kurt Cobain. He looks like if Mike Shinoda got run over by a bus. The fuck is that? How old are you? <laughs> wow. Lincoln yeah. Park, Mike Shinoda. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't be mad or sad about that. That was one Lincoln Park singer away from being a really dark joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Horrible. He looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter's ass. Is that bad? <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, it's the most random thing that came to my mind. I just realized oh, that McIntyre's ass. <laughs> Speaking of ass, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Getting back to Drew McIntyre, you were saying, Joey. Drew McIntyre, the reason why, besides the fact that he, we, everyone knows his story from way back when, the reason why he is so popular right now is because his push, if you want to use that terminology, was organic. This guy was in a rivalry, sort of say, December, January with Randy Orton, where Randy Orton was the face. McIntyre was the heel. This is when he just finished things with Ziggler and I don't know what was happening. And he was getting cheered by the crowd. Like this was, they wanted it. Yeah. They wanted it. And from there, it was just a gradual, it wasn't like Randy Orton comes out one night, RKO is someone now he's a heel. It was like a gradual, I don't know, thing with, with the way he spoke to the crowd, McIntyre. That's when he started the three, two, one Claymore thing. They took the chains off. It took the chi- yeah exactly. And they, yeah. they let him be yeah. himself, and I think that's a representation. Organic. Of it was what- an organic face turn, and yeah, that guy is so strong right now that I don't think whoever wins the the Royal Rumble, and if they choose him, I don't think the title comes off of him just yet. Yeah, I agree. Got- and I was convinced. Oh. I, I was convinced that the reason they gave Randy Orton the title was to let Drew McIntyre win the Rumble again. I had, I had got convinced of it. Cause I was like, yeah. they know that, that he's the only guy, but now maybe I'm like, okay, they put the title back on him. I feel like now they said, okay, maybe a SmackDown superstar is going to win the rumble. 
because again, it's just, who do you match up with McIntyre? You know, the only person, again, getting back to my point, um, Drew McIntyre is up here. The only person in WWE that matches that level that McIntyre's on is Roman Reigns. So let's get into Roman Reigns right now because uh, did we all just like switch up? What just happened there? We just switched with Ritter. I don't know what happened. We just switched positions. Hold on. Was the sex getting boring? Oh, okay. There we are. I don't know who it was, but we don't have to talk about that. I I, I can explain to you what happened. Um, I was waiting my turn and there's a little button over here in the chat that says raise hand. So I raised my hand. Oh, we're raising hands and now. It, it swapped for you guys. It didn't swap. We were swapping. We were swapping spit. Uh, Is this an impact media call? I don't even <laughs> <laughs> click the. I, I might get I heat for like, saying it. Uh, save the best finished. for last, huh? Oh my God! Don't even go there. <laughs> inside joke. Inside joke. But go. On. I wanted to let you finish. That's you always want me to finish. Uh, I noticed that. Brandon said. What I was going to say was, oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Go. Are you guys, are you guys confident that Drew McIntyre will be champion going into WrestleMania and it won't be the Miz? Good point. Good point. Man, because I, I can, you know, but it, it, I, I would say, yes, I'm confident only because um, it's like, how do you have McIntyre lose twice? Cause he lost it to Orton. And then if you, he loses it again in the money in the bank situations, like what can you really do with them? I don't know. Who knows, though? Honestly, how do, you make the, how do you make the Miz the biggest heel in the company again? You give him the title off of Drew McIntyre. No. You split. You split Miz and Morrison first of all. Well, that's the first thing you that, do. That. But you have Keith Lee win the Royal Rumble. You get McIntyre and Keith Lee at WrestleMania. Whoever wins, the Miz cashes in and wins, and steals that Mania. I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate it either. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. I was going to say, Kenny, well, to your point. You can't mm-hmm. like you could say what does that do for Drew if he loses again? But what would it do for the Miz if he lost the Money in the Bank again? Like he just cashed cashed so, it in, got okay. it back, and he's going to lose it but again. We can pass anyone, this thing can, around like. But can everyone agree with me that the Miz is the one guy that he can take as many losses as he possibly can and still be the Miz? He's at that point in his career. Dolph Ziggler. No. Not I at all. You, Kenny. Not at all. The only thing holding him back right now, and it's really weird to say because it goes for him too. The thing that's holding the Miz back right now is John Morrison. Just like the only thing holding I agree. John Morrison back is the Miz. Is John right? Yeah, they they are. I was watching Not even a tag team. They they are in no tag team storylines. They are they don't go against any tag teams. They are not a legitimate tag team on Monday Night Raw. They are just yep. each other's. Black, black, yes, boys. Yeah. So they, uh, to your point, I was watching the 2008 Royal Rumble, and the two of them came out back to back, and I was like, "Yeah, that's when they they were together, and and it felt right." Now it's just like they're completely different points in their career. It's yet they're trying to play these characters right from 2008, where they're all like preppy boys and stuff. Like they're married, they're older men now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to see that from them necessarily. And make know? a video and then reference their kids. Like it just doesn't match anymore. I've hated right. everything Miz and Morrison it, this entire year. The the pranks on Braun too. Strowman, all of it. It should have been a novelty act that lasted a month at the most. But can we can all agree? Okay, just segway Morrison back into the storyline, and then you have Miz turn on him, and you do the storyline there. And but can we all agree? Loving. Can we all agree? Okay, just to, so that people know we're not burying these guys. I would love to see the Miz by himself. I would love to see John Morrison by them by himself. It's not. It's not necessarily the 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 athletes we have a problem with it's their association with each other it's kind of like i love triple h i love Shawn michaels i've said this before but i hated dx it like the campy dx storyline and Shawn michaels is my favorite wrestler 
Oh no, I love that shit. And I personally, I didn't talk about Oh six and on. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. The Vince loves Cox. I, I thought I it was great. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I didn't watch Switch Underground. I didn't watch Impact. So I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on a John Morrison singles run. Like, I, okay, cool. He was back for me, but I didn't care either way. Um, I would right. like to see the Miz from that Daniel Bryan Miz feud when Daniel Bryan was the GM. That Miz, mm-hmm. which we got a little bit of recently in a promo. I'd like to see that yeah. singles run Miz, but. Agreed. I agree completely. But going yeah. back to it, because I tried to segue us, but everybody still wanted to, to blow their load on the Miz and Morrison. Uh, Roman <laughs> Roman Reigns coming back in August. So so just to recap with everybody here, uh, supposed to face Goldberg at WrestleMania did not happen due to uh, you know his former leukemia diagnosis. Felt it irresponsible to be at that WrestleMania, especially after a couple people came down with COVID. So uh, he, he ended up missing that mania, staying away from everything, getting a couple nice veneers put in, Beautiful. coming back in August. And I remember arguing with people at the end of SummerSlam when he came back in that Fiend versus, uh, Braun, uh, Fiend versus Braun Strowman match and did what he did, destroyed everybody, showed up in – what was it? Showed up in – what's the shirt? Wreck <laughs> everyone. Go up and wreck everyone. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, so he does that. And everybody was like, oh, oh, Roman Reigns is back. He seemed kind of heelish, but you know how WWE is. And I was like, no, no, that was a heel turn. That was 100% a heel turn just because he's so good, right? The mannerisms he had in his face were so much more aggressive than they had been previously. I wasn't to the point. But my point is, I just literally looked at his face and said, he's a heel. There's no doubt in my mind. And um, sure enough, from there on out, he was heel. Yeah. But here's a guy who's probably having the best run that he's possibly had in his career. And silver lining, I mean, this is all due to COVID. All due to COVID. I don't know. What were you going to say? No, I want want to let Joey go because this may be a thing between me and you. So I'm going to let Joey go. (laughs) I don't know if COVID is the reasoning why Roman is in the position he is. It definitely helped elevate him. But I think the plan all along was for Roman to be in the spot. Maybe not as a heel, but maybe that's my point. Roman. No, so so to to summarize, I was talking about him being a heel was due to COVID. Okay. Not not his spot, but the fact that we're getting this heel run yeah. is because of COVID. And it was just like an organic thing that they went with because he did go away. Because I don't think it was the game plan for him to turn heel. I read that he he was he requested if he comes back. He wanted to be healed. To, to your point, exactly. When he comes back, now he had the ear of you know Vince and saying, exactly. okay, I'm coming back. This is the time to do this. Because sure, they could have had this conversation if he was on TV. Sometime, either, even if it wasn't two years from now, we would have seen a Roman Reigns heel turn. Eventually, I, I think so. But I feel like, let's say if we had a normal era where um, COVID didn't happen and he did wrestle at WrestleMania. If he had gone to Vince and said, Hey, I want to turn heel at SummerSlam. Vince would have said, no, you're our biggest guy. Why the hell would we do that? But COVID loosened up the heels, uh, the, the, the heels, you hear me? Uh, loosen up the reins, no pun intended uh, uh-huh. to be like, all right, let's take a chance. Go ahead. Let's do it. That, that I agree with. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think they had a plan beyond WrestleMania 
with Reigns right. and Goldberg. So who's to say that he wouldn't have turned heel eventually? I mean, nobody knows. Even WWE so, probably so, know. so you all can look me right in my eyes and say that Vince would have turned him heel in a normal circumstance in 2020. He could have. I'm not convinced of it. I completely oh, disagree. How, how popular was he before? That's like, if you think about like so, before, he was I'm getting let, owed like, I don't know. Joey, I'm go glad ahead, you go brought ahead. that up because that is the whole point that I'm making here. So we're going to jump back a couple weeks. Kenny did a podcast. Kenny and I, I from the comments, not here, able to use my voice, had a debate about Keith Lee and what they were doing with Keith Lee. And we ended up agreeing on some things, but my point was, I didn't like what they were doing with Keith Lee because I felt Vince had a view of what he thought Keith Lee should be. And I didn't think Keith Lee needed to be changed that he was fine the way he was Roman Reigns. in I think it was 2015 fresh off the shield went into that Royal rumble and lost and then got injured. Everyone was behind him. When he came back, Vince made him that, that John Cena. So 14, 14 that happened. Cause yeah. 15 was the one where he got booed out of Philly like crazy. Yes. So, and that's my point. Vince tried to make him into that, that top baby face, that next John Cena, that all the kids are going to love and people fucking hated it. But it's what Vince thought was right because that's what, how Vince saw Roman. Just like this is how Vince sees Keith Lee, whether it's right or wrong. Now you give us the Roman Reigns that we had coming out of the shield, who was quiet, who was aggressive, who was angry. The guy that we wanted to root for in 2014, they brought him back. And now everyone, heel or not, is enjoying his work and it's fantastic, but it's not what Vince saw him as. It's not what Vince wanted. And that was my point with the Keith Lee thing was Keith Lee was great. People loved him. Vince wanted him to work a big man style and be more aggressive and less of the Keith Lee that we knew and stripped a lot of those things away. It may not work for Keith. But you see, when you verbalize it now, it's not through text and you verbalize it. I can agree with what you're saying. You know, I can agree with what you're saying here, but to your point, you actually said something that is kind of exactly what I'm saying. John Cena has never turned heel because Vince said, this is what we're doing. What I'm saying with Roman Reigns is if we didn't have the whole world stop, we would have never gotten a, a Roman Reigns heel turn because Vince would have been ad enough, uh, adamant enough to say, we are running with this Roman. But well, that point when I you agree. have... Yeah. So I, when you have, to me, I think it was just, a, again, a perfect storm. You had a strong baby face in Drew McIntyre. You know what I mean? Like a company guy in Drew McIntyre that he was built up. So now Vince is like, all right, we got a guy that kind of replaced Roman on the baby face to end of things. Why not bring him back as a heel? So, again, it's just a perfect storm of a lot of things that happened, in my opinion. I'm sorry, my, mis I, yeah. my misspelling and uh, lack of punctuation didn't convey that point properly. Sorry, you're getting all hot and bothered. It's okay. I, I was also too busy staring at your lips, but that's yeah, neither here nor there. I, I think Through we can text, all agree that we are enjoying no. shirtless room. No. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. knew it. I think that's everybody is. Really I completely forgot Brandon yeah. was here until he said something. I know. It's true. It's how I am at wrestling when I'm watching wrestling because he falls asleep and he's just sitting there. But anyway, um, getting into the AEW side of things, I think, cause we have a couple, I think to me, AEW stole the show towards the end of the year, my opinion. Um, let's go right, right for the jugular here. The debut of sting, uh, December, was it December 2nd? Uh, who saw that coming? I know there were rumors of sting going to AEW and his merchandise being taken off of uh, WWE shop and things like that. But I don't think anybody in their right mind tuned into that episode and said, you know what? Tonight's the night stings debuting. Mm. 
No, it was definitely a thing that was like kind of passively in the background of some people's minds. No, nobody turned into that episode and was like, yeah, Sting's debuting now. But I think it had been rumored for months and weeks enough to the point where, at least for me, when Sting debuted, it was, it was still an awesome moment. But I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, he's he's an AEW. It didn't seem like as like crazy as it probably could have been had those rumors not been out. I disagree. Yeah. I I disagree because I was shocked. I was I I was, <clears throat> and there were so many things that were happening that could have went to that. Like months ago, Jericho coming out with the bat. People were like, oh, Sting, right, right. Coming. There were hints. That was during the Darby, summer. Jericho was out with the bat. So Darby Allen being in the stands, you and know, then, there were little things. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, maybe he's not coming. And then right when it left our minds, it's Sting. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like it almost – they did things, and then it was – it was like almost like were we reading into stuff too much here because we saw these things and they didn't actually happen. Darby going up in the stands, things like – things that remin- are reminiscent of Sting. And then sure enough, he just shows up. And uh, that was the moment that I said, oh, AEW's not playing around. And then Shaq shows up. That same night, again, we'd be remiss to not talk about this moment, is the moment that Kenny Omega turned heel. Who saw this one coming, too? It was like the way they built that was perfect to me because they had Don Callis there for a couple weeks, almost doing like a guest commentary spot. So you weren't all of a sudden like, why is Don Callis there? You almost had gotten used to him being on commentary. And then all of a sudden, they pulled the trigger on a Kenny Omega heel turn. And then he says, uh, see you on Tuesday. That was the biggest shock of mm-hmm. – that was even – Shocker. Thing. I feel like the Kenny Omega heel turn had been telegraphed from the point that they lost those tag titles. So I really felt like they were going it with did. Kenny Omega as a heel. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they decided to change directions and go with – or I'm sorry, go with Hangman as the heel and then change directions after they lost tag team titles and switch that over for whatever reason. Um, that was definitely telegraphed. I will say this. Sting was great. Um, we're not going to talk about that awkward – joke slash story i told the chat um about kenny that uh got no response whatsoever we'll go for it i i don't even know what you're talking about so (laughs) remember you were i was listening to your podcast you were you were talking about how you were decorating the christmas tree with your daughter and you saw the sting thing and you ran in the room and turned it on right away because sting is a draw sting is a draw and you were really pushing that home and i said in my head when you told that story i envisioned like looney tunes where you ran away and your daughter was just like hanging in the air with an oh shit sign. <laughs> and okay, like everyone sold me in the chat now. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody <laughs> turned on Ritter like look, right then and there. Kyle left. He said, fuck this. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Look, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's gone. Um, but, um, no, no, AEW, I think is, has hit the nail on the head uh, with what they're doing now. A lot of people, I think they're like, Oh, why are they bringing in celebrities and doing stuff? And I'm like, aren't they supposed to grow the audience? How do you grow the audience? Bring in people that people know. So, I mean, I, I don't see a pro- I don't have a problem with what they're doing. Uh, I think AEW's, for the most part, again, obviously there's, there's stuff to critique is my point. But I think in terms of growing the, the company, I think they're hit, hitting out of the park. So I think the biggest thing here, like what, what, what we're talking about right now with AEW, in a sense, versus WWE, AEW, I feel like is very much in tune with their audience. So they see, oh, the the – fans are talking about this online. Well, maybe we should play into it. You know, maybe, maybe that's where that, that turn came from where Adam page and, and Kenny Omega. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're very to, much in tune with their social audience. Yes. So, and to WWE me, when, is not necessarily like that WWE is like Vince is going to do what he wants to do. And 
know, that's kind of it. So to, to Ritter's point, I know he said it was telegraphed, but that's where I feel like they did a good job because to me it was like, it wasn't telegraphed as much as they were giving like teases of like, oh, this person's going, this person's going, this is happening. And then it, it kind of went, okay, it's not happening because they keep teasing it and it's not happening. So it'll never happen. So when they finally did pull the trigger, it was like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming because I thought that, you know, it got, had gotten stale almost. Here's the biggest Sasha bailing you. Sasha bailing me. Correct. Hmm. Which we'd be remiss to just, you know, I, I, we don't have a lot of time, but I will say Sasha Bailey, I think don't get enough credit for their run in 2020 because they They dominated all three shows. They They will dominate it in a few years when other people are doing the exact same Mm storyline. And you look back to 2021, mm-hmm. Sasha Bailey did it. There, it's yeah, they, things how we talked about WrestleMania that last year. Like, oh, that yes. happened, and that was the first time, and that was really freaking good. You know, it had no business being as good as it was, and that's what I'm saying. Especially with no crowd, no this, no that. They they did an amazing job, and I don't think a uh, wrestling community gives them a lot of credit for that. Especially Hollis in the chat. She's gonna go off right now about how much she hates Bailey and Sasha. So I'm gonna throw her under, <laughs> under the bus right now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, getting back to uh, AEW, it's just um, Kenny, I almost don't want to. Regarding Go ahead, that, yeah. Did you really think, or anybody here, mm-hmm. did you think that when that match of Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the world title, <laughs> did you think that it would end in the clean finish? No, I didn't even think Kenny Omega was winning. I, I, I 100% thought Kenny was winning. I, 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 thought Kenny I did was not winning. think it was clean. Yeah, I, I didn't. The only way you can take off the title from Moxley, look about look at the year Moxley's had. This guy choked out Brody. He choked out, I mean, literally I, everybody. He he just dominated the entire year. The only way you take that title off him is with with a, a you know a finish like what we saw, and Kenny Omega was the perfect fit to do it. Yeah, well, I think yeah, they did it right. I'd be the opposite of you, Joey. Is whereas I defended Drew McIntyre's run in 2020. Yeah. I did not enjoy John Moxley's run. I felt like they definitely could have booked him better. I didn't. I didn't either. I actually agree with Ritter. Believe it or I not, agree, uh, I agree with you. He was very dominant because he didn't lose, mm-hmm. and his win right. was extremely strong. Like, like I said, he choked out Brody Lee, and that was when Brody Lee was first pushed, like with the Dark Order. Like that was yeah. Didn't did that did that loss for Brody make sense? Right. You know I mean? Like they were just right. Lance Archer. Boom, to the top. Yeah. And uh, I almost don't want to touch this subject. Yeah. I almost don't want to touch it, but I guess, you know, in wrapping up, I think we, we got to. Um, let's talk about Brody Lee and his, um, his debut in AEW um, in March, which when he was – I think we all expected – I don't. I think we all expected him to be the exalted one, uh, half of us at least, and I think the other half expected it to be Matt Hardy. I thought it was gonna be and so it was like, I think it was a split, but ultimately in hindsight, um, I think they made the right decision. I think Brody Lee being a member of the dark order, it propelled him because it was the first time we got to see him in a leader role as opposed mm-hmm. to being one of the lackeys when, and Brandon can attest to this. Uh, he was my favorite Wyatt me- family member. I, I used oh, to yeah. love Luke Harper. And I used to say, yeah, like, thought they were going to do big things with him. Yeah. I was like, that's the breakout star of the Wyatt <laughs> yeah, family yeah. because they are, uh, you know, they don't know that they have a star, but he has it in him. And um, they never gave him the chance, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, mainly, uh, you know, I said um, WrestleMania 33, which Brandon and I went to. 
Um, why wasn't he in that match with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton? I was going to bring that up. They had that on a silver platter and they had that Luke, Luke Harper and Randy Orton had a great match at, was it elimination chamber or fast lane or whatever that pay-per-view was. Yeah. Right. He, he was mm-hmm. definitely ready for it and it would have made sense in the story. And it's like, you don't need to give him the title, but his presence in there, I think, I mean, especially in hindsight, when we know how that match panned out, it was a very lackluster flat match. Um, they yeah, had the projectors was, uh, of the snakes and the worms. Come on now. You know, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, it's a good point. I like to see wiggly things on the mat a lot. I know you do. Wasn't there some sort of match where it was a battle royal and it was a draw between Luke Harper and somebody else and the winner was getting the title shot? Am I just, am I just possible? Thinking? No, no, no. They were, they, they did that. I think that's also why we had a problem with it because they seemingly were kind of pushing him. They were pushing him into that storyline and they just into that storyline. And then for whatever reason, they dropped it. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, like, you know, again, we can speculate, but is it that the writers were like, okay, we're going to put him because it makes sense. And then Vince was like, nope, bam, cut it off right there because I don't want him at WrestleMania. Well, you know, you, you could speculate. You know? I, I listened to that, that uh, talk is Jericho podcast with Luke Harper, like a while back. And it was very clear that Vince kind of saw Luke Harper as like a country bumpkin kind of guy. And I feel yeah. like he didn't have much of a vision beyond like where he was in the Wyatt family, which is unfortunate because obviously now that we've seen what he's been able to do with the dark order, he had so much more potential beyond that. So, but I, I feel like that's, I saw it. That. And that's kind of what Brandon, again, Brandon could tell you, I used to always say like, Oh man, like, I don't know what it is, but I see that intangible with Luke Harper because it's just like, he gets it. He's mm-hmm. the guy that like, you know, right when the camera would cut to him, he'd always have the correct face and he'd always be doing something. And you knew Bray was going to be a star. Mm-hmm. But Wyatt was, I'm uh, sorry, Luke Harper was stealing the show some of the times. Let me tell you, there was a Monday Night Raw where I actually, there's very few that the show goes off air and I end, like I'm in chills. And I remember it was November, I think it was November 2014. The show and Raw ended, it was right before Survivor Series. The show ended with Stephanie McMahon, Triple H in their office. They were the authority at the time. And Ziggler gets thrown in there and he's laying on the ground. And then the camera goes up and it's Luke Harper. And he was the last member of the authorities team for Survivor Series. And I remember like that was it. I was like, oh my God, this guy's going to be a star. It's a star, right? He said, then, yeah. I don't know what he said, but he said something and I got chills and I was like, this is, this is them saying that this guy is going to be a huge star. Yeah. And then he, he had that. He turned. He wasn't on TV at all. He had just come. Yeah. That was his return. And they had yeah. that IC title run right after that, right? It was very short lived. Think about that. that IC title run with Dolph. The ladder match with Dolph that he had is one of the most underrated ladder matches because Luke Harper, uh, being the size that he he was, um, had no business flying into ladders and diving off of stuff the way he he did in that match. And it was like, that was one of those matches where you go, you know, he didn't have to do what he did, but he wants it so bad that he's willing to show the office that he belongs in in the upper echelon. And so the the ladder match was the one where I went, okay, there's no way they can deny him now. Still that find a way. It. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, let's go back to 2020. Uh, let, let's go back to 2020. Um, obviously, you know, he was released from WWE. He debuts in AEW. And I'm going to come out and say it. I've said it on the podcast. I hated, hated his character at first. Uh, because uh, they went too long with the Mr. McMahon parody stuff to me. Um, and so at first it was like, okay, the first week, two weeks, they did it. Cool. But then it was like little, but like little jabs. And it was almost like, oh, like, 
the way I looked at it, I was like, I don't want him to be reduced to being disgruntled former WWE superstar. And, and sure enough, the internet was kind of saying like, Oh, look, you see everybody's the formula AEW. You just go there and uh, you shit on Vince McMahon. But they had the wherewithal. As soon as I made that statement, they changed his character. He started showing more personality on BTE. He started doing some other stuff. And I think BTE to me saved his career. BTE is what really got people behind him. And um, fast forward, the one, the probably the biggest moment in his career was that Saturday Dynamite. Because I remember watching the NBA game. And I'm like, okay, crap, Dynamite's not coming on. But I was so excited to see Brody Lee versus uh, Cody Rhodes for the TNT title. Who in their right mind saw what was saw that squash coming? Nobody. Cody Rhodes has been was built as Mr. AEW, like Triple H 2002. You know what I mean? Like the guy in AEW. You know he's behind the office. So raise your hand. Fucking Ritter raising his hand. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to finish. I raised my hand so you can finish, but know that. Raise it in the chat. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, no, actually, he's just doing a dark order sign. It's really yeah, yeah, there we go. That's really what Very he's trying to do. Respectful. Uh, <laughs> finish your point. So, so, t- so when that squash happened, uh, I feel like on the Chappelle Show segment, you know, the wrap it up. If y'all have seen Chappelle Show. I'm aware. Nobody? Wow. I, I got you. I got you. I'm with it's you. Like, it's like Ritter making a joke in the chat. Um, but... <laughs> but that was the moment i said i'm so happy he went to AEW because he's a star now he was made after that made after that moment but you were saying ritter um i think it's been very clear that i'm not as high as a lot of people are on AEW as we've talked about this but i'm going to say some really nice things about them mostly with Brody lee now i'm on the opposite end of the fence with you i loved all of the vince like from week one through it all of the quote-unquote Vince McMahon parody shit, I was entertained by it. I didn't look at it as, oh, they're just taking, like, I just, I thought it was funny and entertaining, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like, even though I looked at it as he's making fun of Vince, it never got to the point to where it was too much or it bothered me. I personally didn't watch BT. I will say Brody Lee, that character, him taking the Dark Order, which I didn't see because, again, I was under the impression it was going to be Matt Hardy. And I saw the Dark Order as more of a joke than a serious group. So him taking it over and making it more serious was so, great. So you actually – okay, so this is where we go diehard AEW versus casual AEW because I think this is why I had a problem with it at first. It was not necessarily the Knox. Before Brody Lee came in, the Dark Order was a very serious group. Like, to the evil Uno, you don't think so? Even I, Uno, I mean, they, from the second they debuted, I was like, these guys are fucking jokes. From the <laughs> right, you debuted. thought that. But the Join the Dark Order stuff, they had a very creepy vibe. There was no, like, Joe mm-hmm. King, per se, in their characters. There was a cult atmosphere. So when like Brody Lee came in, yeah. it was very what? Like the Purge. like Right. Dark. It was very dark, no pun intended, but it was very dark. And then Brody Lee came in, and it was like, hokey all of a sudden and that was the problem i was like i don't want Brody lee to be hokey i want him to be like luke harper i want him to be like scary and he was the perfect fit but now he's going in this direction i'll admit that i was wrong because somewhere along the way they kind of fine-tuned it and they were able to do this kind of cross where bte they were so funny and i always thought it was like a nice easter egg of like they were hilarious on bte but then they come out on on tnt 
and they would be like very dark and cult-like and stoic. And then like, you almost knew like behind the scenes, you're, if you watch BTE, it was almost like your joke, like, haha, like I know that they're really funny guys. So you were able to get behind them in a different way. Um, but then to Ritter's point, talking about taking it serious, that's kind of my point of why that uh, squash match was so important because they had been joking around, they'd been doing this stuff. And then it was like, bam, Mm-hmm. It all stopped and it was the most serious group right there on TV, at least where it was like, you were taking them seriously now. And it was such a powerful moment for Brody Lee. Um, How about that moment yeah. when they dis- dis- destroyed Cody Rhodes, uh, Dustin, and even Brandy all on the stage yeah, right after that match. That was right yeah. after that match. Standing over them and they just devoured everybody. Like, right. They ate up the whole roster right there. They ate up the whole nightmare family and it was such symbolism and then it's just sad to think that like that was like one of the last couple matches he had mm-hmm. in hindsight. Um, you know, the promo he cut probably like the best promo of his career. Remember I, Brandon, I was watching it and uh, I remember laughing so hard when he looked at the camera and he goes, what kind of man allows his wife to post thirst traps while calling me daddy. And uh, I lost my shit because it was like, what, how can a man cut such a ridiculous promo yet seems such like so serious while saying it at the same time, he was so good. And that was like sad, but I literally was like, Oh, he, Oh, now I see it. Like I see AEW is going to start pushing him. Uh-huh. And that was the promo before his last match, you know, uh, the, the amazing dog collar match he had. And, and I, in hindsight, I'm actually really pissed off at myself because I remember I had some stuff going on in my personal life. And so I was watching that AEW dynamite and I was kind of like on my phone and not paying attention to it. And in hindsight, like if I had known what was going to happen, I would like have tuned in and just drunk that moment in, you know, and really absorbed it. So it was a good last match to go out on. It was the last match to go on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, that being his last match is one thing, but it was a fantastic match. Like it was probably, one of my favorite matches from him, at least in AEW. So yeah, for that to be his last match, you know. And I, know. I literally told people, I was like, you know, we, I don't think any of us have felt this way since Eddie Guerrero. And a lot of people are like, oh, are you comparing him to Eddie Guerrero? And I'm like, how, how do you not? Eddie died in his prime. Luke Harper died in his prime. It's not to mm-hmm. compare them as superstars and compare their styles and who was better. It's literally like he died in his prime. He died when you know, we knew he was up, up next in line to be challenging for an AEW title because he had segments holding up the AEW title, just like how Eddie died when he was supposed to win the world heavyweight title. People have gone on record saying Eddie was supposed to win the world heavyweight title because Batista was supposed to have surgery. Batista put it off another couple months because of Eddie's passing. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, Luke Harper, I think would have been hotshotted eventually into a main storyline. I mean, for all we know, Hey, maybe they'd have paired his ass up with sting. You know what I mean? Like that would have been a very intriguing match and it's just sad. It's like, I remember thinking like, it'd be one thing if I was like, Oh, his career ended, but it was like his life ended. You know, he's one of those superstars who are very versatile in the sense where they are, a, he is, a, he was a bigger superstar, but you can put him in the, in the ring with jungle boy, for example, and they'll put on a banger of a match. Yeah. Not a David versus Goliath. It's, it's a, it's just a wrestling match. You know what I mean? He was able to just adapt so quickly in any and, and that's And that's why I didn't understand. Even in WWE, that, 
everything was just, he adapted. Absolutely. But that's why I didn't understand why Vince didn't like him because I was like, that's, that's a versatile big man. Like what's there not to like about him? Vince hates the South. That's yeah. <laughs> might be joking Riddler, but that's oh, literally not, like, that's <laughs> He gave JR shit because JR had a Southern accent and he didn't like JR's That's, Southern accent. It was too Southern. J- Vince doesn't like the South. So if he looked at Luke Harper as a country bumpkin, he didn't see value yep. in him as a top guy. He saw he him in jeans and a, and a wife beater. And he was like, yep, that's, that's the guy. That's who he is. He's the henchman. How many, how many championships did Hillbilly Jim hold? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I mean, physically, he Jim. probably held everybody's titles because he probably brought in everyone's bags. But boy. that's another story. That's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but getting back to uh, to Brody Lee again, I I hate to bring it, you know, down. Uh, but you know, obviously, this has been. I, a, I want to hear this. What's that? I think this is a really good topic to talk about because I think a lot of people they don't know what to feel right now. Yeah, and you're hearing stories from the you know different different superstars. All like I mean, all across the world. It's just yeah. one of those yeah. where you don't you don't realize it until it's gone, and it's shitty to say, but it was a wrestling treasure. Yeah, and I I actually just recently watched that AEW episode, um, and Jr. compared Brody Lee to Owen Hart and Eddie Guerrero, in that he's a guy that like nobody has anything bad to say about him. And I think he's yeah. also comparable in the sense that like Brody Lee had such a breadth in wrestling. Like he wrestled in WWE, AEW, he wrestled in Japan, he wrestled in the Indies, like up in the Northeast in America. Like he touched so many people's lives. And I think that's like kind of been represented in this past week with like how like everyone, all, like every wrestler around the world has had like nothing but good things to say about him. When was the last time you saw any wrestling company retweet another wrestling company or yeah. their super? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I think for a week, it was a very nice week in the sense of like, you know, obviously sans one or two people. It was like, there was a, not a lot of AEW versus WWE type things. It was just mm-hmm. a general love for a man that worked in both companies, um, which was really nice to see, you know, it, it compelled me. Um, I went on social media and, and just on a whim, just because of all the stories, just because of how, you know, it much affected me. I was just like, Hey, whoever, by the end of dynamite, I'm going to give somebody a, a free Brody Lee t-shirt, just buy it out of my own pocket. Cause I just wanted to help this family that had gone through such a tragic loss. And I was like, you know, I see like fightful and stuff doing all of these live streams with donate and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not at that level, but what can I do? I can at least affect one person and, and simultaneously, um, you know, help the family at the same time. So I was, I was really proud of that. And honestly, it was for me, it was cathartic. You know what I mean? To feel like I helped in some way. Um, but I, you know, I know my social media didn't show it. I, I personally did not watch the, um, the Brody Lee tribute show live. Uh, I almost couldn't, uh, I saw the stuff on social media, but it was still like kind of affected and, um, believe it or not, I came home midnight after new year's at my parents' house and I stayed up till five in the morning, uh, watching the AEW dynamite show. It was the first thing I did this year. Um, because I almost like the problem was, I think my sisters were over. I had family around. It was like, I almost needed to, to see that episode alone in a dark room by myself. And I didn't want anyone to interrupt that. Brandon, um, <laughs> no, no, never. But, uh, no, no. But, dark room. but yeah, it's, it, 
Yeah. So it was, uh, I finally got around to it. And, and like Joey said, it was just nothing but good things to say about the guy. And I felt so stupid being like affected as a fan, but then, uh, I had a, someone tell me like, no, you were, he affect, he had an impact on your life. That's all that matters. No matter who he is, you know, I mean, I, even Ritter asked Ritter literally, uh, went in my DMS, not in that way. And, uh, and was like, you all right, buddy. Cause you know, you've not been active kind of thing. He noticed. Cause truthfully I was affected, you know, uh, yeah. but anyway, I, I could tell certain people took it harder um, than other people. Um, and it, it affected everyone across the wrestling world. That tribute show was a, uh, it was beautiful. Like it was one of the coolest things I've seen in a very long time in wrestling. It was done so well. And it is definitely a highlight um, as far as the company that AEW said they were going to be showing who they really are. Um, and I respect the hell out of them for doing that, the way they did it, the very emotional touching moments, um, interviews, you know, the way they closed the show with his boots and his son and the title and all of the things they did for this man because he meant so much to them. It was all very beautiful. And uh, I, I really have nothing mm -hmm. surprisingly being me bad to say. <laughs> Surprisingly. That show, the tribute show, was probably before I jump into that, you know, I always said I was a baby and all that stuff before. In my lifetime at least, I think the most emotional loss or tribute show was Eddie Guerrero. For Same me. Here. For Same me. Here. Absolutely. He had two of them. I mean, that's how bad it was, you know. And because it was so sudden, just like this, and, and, and because he was at the top, you know, of, of the wrestling world. But this one, this tribute show was probably the most creative, most beautiful. I, I don't – there's no word to describe it, I think, besides, like what Ritter said, beautiful. There's no really real way to describe it. The way that they tied in storylines, you know, they kept their – aspect of it being a entertainment show and they brought in you know different aspects from the dark order they brought in eric rowan or eric redbeard tied it into a storyline he didn't just come out to pay tribute to his friend he was part of a storyline to defend the dark order you know so right. it was very strategic and yes very yes. creative like creatively and then even at the end like putting his boots in the ring and, and just the whole retiring that title and creating a new design. Like there are so many things that I don't know. We've seen a lot of deaths in the wrestling world before, but the way AEW pivoted and, and handled their and handle themselves. I don't know. I, I have so much more respect for the company now than I did before, but I don't know. It was just, and, and for the family to come there just days after and, and, you know, endear all of that, the crowd and the wrestlers chanting their name and, you know, his eight-year-old son standing in the ring, putting his boots down to retire them. That's, that to me is the ultimate strength that you can, anybody can have. Yeah. And, and that kid minus one, as they call him, which if no one knows why they call him uh, minus one, right? So Brody Lee is uh, the exalted one. So minus one, because he wasn't actually old enough to be in the dark order. Um, it was just like a little affectionate thing. Uh, but minus one, uh, because his real name is Brody. 
his son's name, his first son is named Brody, you know, um, that I'm without sounding like just weird. It's, uh, he was the strongest person I saw on the show because at eight years old, this kid was smiling and happy. And the only time did he break down was when the camera stopped rolling. The, the footage that they released uh, exclusively on YouTube, uh, AEW, he finally broke down in like Tony Khan's arms and his mom's arms. He'd been smiling the whole show. And it was almost like he knew the camera was on and like he needed to be like, show that his dad was a good person. And I don't know, it was just so much more maturity out of an eight year old that should have, I can't believe, you know, he, he's, I, I'm 31 years old and I'm like, I don't know if I would have been able to pull yeah. that off. And that, that was my favorite thing about the whole tribute thing is how much they like put effort into making the family, Amanda, Nolan and Brody seem like the part of the AEW family. Like my, yeah. my favorite part of the show was where Brody had the kendo stick and MJF was in a match and he came out to the, the barricade <laughs> and fucking Brody hits him with the, the kendo stick. Like, I don't know if I, I rewound that like five times. Cause this put a big smile on my face just to see how much fun Brody was having in that moment, even if for a second to take him away from the reality. And that, that was kind of what the whole show was surrounded around. And I think that's why they kind of set a standard is because they really took the family of Brody and made them feel like they're a part of a bigger family in AEW. Yeah, it was it was the best show that I wish had never happened. You know, it's yeah. one of those kind of things. It's it's bittersweet, and uh, I saw you know, you know, it's no no secret that uh, Tony Khan basically signed to, uh, Brody Lee Jr. to uh, a contract um, to encourage him. And a lot of people are saying that's too much pressure for a kid. He just lost his dad. And I'm like, we how is it pressure? It's encouraging. Yeah. Like he, it's literally you know you can't replace his father, but you can give him hope. Because the, the, that kid, all he wanted to do is follow in his father's footsteps. You literally gave him like the incentive of like, do what, you know, do good in school, do what you got to do. And it's waiting here for you. He's got mm-hmm. something to live for now that he's missing his father, you know? So again, it's just like, I just, it's like I just don't did, see how. If he doesn't end up becoming a wrestler, it's like, who cares? Like, so be it. There's no pressure to it. It's like, if he wants right. it, he can have it. If he doesn't, then it's fine. Right. If he says, you know what, this wasn't for me, but I appreciate you and I'll always be part of this family. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the fact that they did the show the way they did years down the road, he is going to be so grateful for yeah. involving him the way that they did, you know, like just giving him those moments to lay down his father's boots and to retire the title he held and really did elevate, you know, I think mm-hmm. those those are the those little details that, and letting them letting him pick his favorite wrestlers to be in the main event. You in know, a match. Yeah, those um, and I th- later he's gonna he's gonna be very grateful for. How old is Brody Junior? Does anybody know? Eight. 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 So imagine if AEW still around in twenty thirty one. Imagine if he debuts and he has the TNT title. Like how right. awesome that'll be. Hmm. Right. But then Joey wouldn't like it because Joey doesn't like when they bring back old storylines. But anyway, but you know, you know, some, uh, something, bias, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, something maybe I, I know everyone here probably knows it, but people watching right now might not know uh, AEW unrestricted that had Brody Lee on uh, his last interview a couple days, literally before he passed, I think, or before he went to the hospital, I should say. Yeah, it was about um, a month before he passed. Right. Um, he literally said, you know, his son Brody was uh, sleeping with the TNT title. And, uh, you know, 
he was so proud of his dad sleeping with that title in bed and, and it was just a fond memory. So of course they gave him the title. They literally gave him the title that his dad held so that he could go sleep in bed with it again and remember his dad always. So forget like even the, uh, the fact that it was just uh, an honorable thing to do like, Oh, your dad's the best TNT champion. They literally gave him a piece of his father that is going to be something that he's fond uh, uh, you know, every time he sleeps with that title, he's going to remember his dad. I didn't think about and that. That's a good point. that. Right. And that, and that to me is why, I mean, I cried like a baby when they did it. Cause, uh, I cried at the I 10, just, 10 bell salute. Just the whole show was just a sob. Yeah. They could use a new design for that title. Anyways, it's kind that of, was a, yeah, yeah, I know that was, yeah. I was gonna say that was the second time wrestling made me cry this year. Hmm. When was the first? Well, I know you wanted to end it on that, but I, I think we'd be remiss. At least I would. Um, if we didn't talk about the fact that The Undertaker retired in 2020, doing a 2020 retrospective. Um, Absolutely. He is yeah. my favorite wrestler of all time. He is the reason I fell in love with wrestling. Um, I don't know if you can tell from the shirts and all the shit in the background, but I if I, if I stand a wrestler, he would be the closest thing I came to standing a wrestler. Mm. And, um, yeah, it, that was actually something that uh, was hard for me and uh, that I, I had to take a minute for. Um, was watching someone that I basically, I mean, I, I was born in 87, so he debuted in 90. I was three years old. I've watched my entire life, the full evolution of The Undertaker, um, lay down his boots and retire. I, I always said uh, two things would make me cry in this world because they've been around my whole life, literally, because I'm born uh, January 19th, 1989. And I said, the day The Undertaker retires and the day The Simpsons gets canceled. Because these are literally constants in my life. And I literally grew up watching every stage of The Undertaker and hiding under my bed when I was three because of, you know, him. And uh, I was right. I, that, again, it was one of those moments. You can ask Brandon. I didn't invite him over for Survivor Series. Um, not, be, not maliciously. But just because I was like, I know what's going to happen and I need this moment. And like, I don't want anybody, I get like that too. Again, a lot of people know him like this positive person, but you know, it would have just taken one comment from Brandon and be like, you see this old guy retiring or something, but shut the fuck up. You know, like literally I would have gotten so offended, you know? And even though in the moment, you know, I'm just, I'm being sensitive. I I'm in my feelings. I'm literally watching a man that has existed in the wrestling world my entire career or my entire life. He's like a part retiring. of your family. Correct. Exactly. So well, I'm there that, with you, Ritter. To I'm, that I'm point, there. some things people don't know is traditionally for years, uh, I, I think I'm 33 now. I think I, I stopped doing it probably about tw when I met my wife about six years ago. Um, when The Undertaker would come out for WrestleMania, I would get down in The Undertaker's pose for his entire entrance. For the entire half hour, I would sit there in his pose as he came out. I pulled that urn from up here. I brought it upstairs for his retirement. I mean, I... I had a breakdown when he lost to Brock, like a psycho. Uh, same thing with Roman Reigns. I went out in my garage and smashed a baseball bat across my uh, garage floor and broke it. Um, just completely pissed off, uh, like an insane person. Um, no, yeah. the, he meant a lot to me. He, again, he is the reason I watch wrestling. So that was really, really hard to see happen this year. I mean, it, it needed to happen, and I, I wish he would have had a crowd for that send-off. Hmm. I, I almost am happy he didn't have a crowd because no other wrestler, the, the atmosphere of a silent arena, no other, it wouldn't have fit another wrestler. 
because having the undertaker just go out to like an awkward silence, it, it just fit the mystique, you know? So there, yeah. again, it, it's just maybe looking at it with the glass half full. I was almost like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know everybody is at home crying. Uh, so it's kind of cool that he just gets to, to drink this in by himself. Um, but like you said, obviously deep down inside, I was like, I wish I was there because, you know, we were there when Brock broke the streak. We were there when undertaker, that's actually, I I don't want to say it irritated me, but it kind of did selfishly because I, I poured tears when at WrestleMania 33, we were there in person. And I was like, I'm here to see the undertaker retire. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't happen. And then now selfishly, I'm like, Oh, we were supposed to see his last match at WrestleMania 36 and we didn't get to see it. I've never seen The Undertaker's entrance live. I've seen him one time. Uh, it was the first wrestling show I ever went to. It was a SmackDown, and he was the American badass at the time. So I've actually never gotten to see The Undertaker live do the full entrance. So one time. And I was – I actually just tweeted about it earlier today. It was Royal Rumble 2006. I got – I was 13, and I got surprised with tickets. Kurt Angle. First no, Kurt I, Angle? I don't even know – I don't even think he was – he wasn't that was after. That was after the match. It was Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, no. And after Kurt Angle had won, the lights hit, the ring actually, like, exploded. It fell apart, and he came out on, like, a, like a chariot type thing with fire. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever saw that. And as a 13-year-old kid, it scared me. Of death, <laughs> you know. The first time I saw the Undertaker was a Great American Bash 2004 when he faced uh, the Dudley Boys in the main event. Oh, uh, oh yes, yes, that was when uh, Paul Bearer got <laughs> yes buried in concrete. That was my first wrestling show ever. So I was like, I saw Mordecai, and then I saw that, and I was like, okay. And there's a little char- <laughs> little Charlie Haas in there. And you're here since wrestling is. Damn. Yeah, I guess. Nice. We need to cover Mordecai, Kyle. We need to find something you and I should cover Mordecai. We're going to do a five-hour podcast. On <laughs> <laughs> fear me, fear me, the career of Mordecai. Um, I do have to give credit to Ritter, though, explaining how much The Undertaker meant to you. Thank you. Because I think a lot of people don't understand that at the end of the day, wrestling, it's we all know it's fake, right? What? But... <laughs> it's an art. It's an art, you know and a lot of people uh you know they love lady gaga or they love you know some actor or this or that the other thing lady gaga why just, was that your i'm just like weird when goat. you weird go wait wait <laughs> no i was gonna say kyle made fun of me when my go-to for uh beautiful wrestling was what the shoulder tackle what was it <laughs> oh i don't remember i know what you're talking and about. he was like what the hell that's your go-to your go-to for good performers lady I had, gaga my head had an l and it just said lady gaga <laughs> yeah, you're throwing out l's <laughs> all over the place <laughs> and you know to be able to express yourself like that and you know i know you said oh i'm a psychopath because it that is, is a natural thing. So, you know, to, to go through that and be that attached to the character or even to wrestling in general, to me, I think it's freaking cool, you know, just because I love wrestling too, you know? So, so don't ever feel like you're weird or some shit like that for, for being that involved. That's not why you're weird. Yeah, no, right. I'm weird for other reasons. But Brandon, I think too, I think that, we're here to talk wrestling and it's fucking awesome. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Brandon, I think, cause we didn't actually go up and, and say it, but you've been with me majority of the times. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell them how many times we've seen the undertaker's entrance. Cause I, I will definitely add to that. We, uh, do we see the undertaker's entrance? Yeah. At manias. At the manias. At yeah. Least. So I mean, yeah. we, I saw his entrance at 24, 28, yep. 30, 31, 32, 33, 35. No, I didn't see 35 because I wasn't at that raw. He's just uh, I've, so, I've seen it multiple times in 1998. I promise I'm making a point. Multiple <laughs> times in 1998 at house shows. I saw a house show of his Ritter? April 2003 when he came back. Or it's April 2004, sorry, when he came back to that character. There was a house show in Tampa, and I got to see him with the little short hair when he's growing it out with Paul Bear. And uh, obviously, I'm telling you, I've seen The Undertaker's entrance a lot. I've seen it, American Badass in 2002 in Madison Square Garden. There was not. The time that you've seen his entrance is probably like half of your lifetime, is what you're saying. Right, correct. Because they were very long entrances. But the (laughs) point I want to make. As much as I have seen the Undertaker's entrance, there was not one time it didn't send chills up my body. Hmm. It's the most awe-inspiring entrance in professional wrestling. I again, I, I'm talking about. I saw him at WrestleMania 30, even when he had the stupid mohawk and he didn't even look like the Undertaker properly. And there's chills like when he started when he came out. WrestleMania 20. I will tell you. You want to talk about trauma, right? You want to talk about wrestling being real, okay? The one real thing that we had in professional wrestling, quote unquote, was the streak. That affected me more than his retirement, believe it or not. Yeah. Because I remember saying like it was something taken away from me so viciously. And we didn't expect it because I give you an example. I was at WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell versus Triple H. When that, when Shawn Michaels hit the super kick and then Triple H hit the pedigree, my heart stopped because I was like, I have come to Miami to see the streak end. That to me was almost more traumatic than the actual streak ending because when the streak actually ended, I sat there and I went, wait, what? That's Brandon. I literally said, oh, they fucked up. Brock, I, my first reaction. I had the same yeah. After, like, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was planned. Like, like, what? Was, yeah. Yeah. Music, I was like, they, didn't play. they fucked up. Right. And I was like, so I was like looking at the entrance and I'm like, they're going to have somebody run out and reverse the decision and start this back. And the best thing WWE did was not play anything. So they left it hanging. And I remember again, I could have seen someone die in front of me and not been as shocked because when they threw up the 21 and one on the screen, I was all feeling left my body because it was real all of a sudden because they put a graphic up to symbolize it. And then Brock's music hit right after that. I was like, Oh no. I think for me, it was Heyman's reaction. Like, yeah. It was like, Oh my God. Oh my like, yeah. it, see, But we didn't see that. You know, we, we didn't really see that as much in the arena. I mean, we saw it, don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. like, you literally got tunnel vision on, uh, on the undertaker at that point. Yeah. Let me give a shout out to my wife because her and I had actually just started dating like right before that happened. Like we officially, so again, my birthday's right around WrestleMania every year. I had a birthday party. After the birthday party, I brought her home. We officially started dating, and then WrestleMania happens, and I have this breakdown, and I'm actually outside smoking cigarettes, just, like, stressed as shit, and she calls me, and I probably sound like a maniac, just like, you'll never fucking believe this motherfucking Brock Lesnar just fucking ended, and I'm freaking out, and she still married me and bore my child after that. I think any sane person would have listened to me and been like, fuck this guy. I got to get the fuck out of here, but no, she stuck with me. 
for whatever reason. So uh, I just want you to have a for that, for putting up with that and being there for everything that Roman Reigns, (laughs) all the bad stuff. Shout out Mrs. Riddler. Uh, Brandon, likewise, I want to thank you for going through those moments with me and holding me and telling me it's going to be okay and not judging me. And uh, you make me feel safe. Uh, Uh, Make me feel, you make me feel like a real man. And uh, it's been fun. I was surprised you were more angry at me because I was kind of excited that Brock won. Oh, he was so excited. He, he, did, he was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. So uh, excited. Oh, my God. Now I know why Kenny come on my podcast and not this fucking mic. I was more excited when Jeff Hardy beat Undertaker in 2008. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think I, think, I think, you know, I think that's a good note to end on. I think ending on uh, talking about the Undertaker's career um, is a great way to end 2020. Uh, it's funny. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up, Ritter, because I definitely meant to talk about the Undertaker. Um, but this show has gone on, believe it or not, about two hours and 40 minutes, and it feels like it's been an hour. So, I mean, I think that's what happens when you have four strong personalities. Um, yes, I counted correctly. Four strong personalities. <laughs> Uh, guess who the odd man out is? Um, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe he should put his hand up right now. Just so you know, on my screen, you're pointing at Joey. So, oh, okay. Well, on the live stream, luckily on the live stream, the one that matters, Brady I'm bunch. pointing to the correct person. Yeah, we're doing the Brady Bunch. Everyone point. Everyone, Joey, you point to your left. I'm pointing out. Okay, Ritter, point to your left uh, diagonal, yes, and then you point up and to your left, Kyle. Do the, do the, do the, uh, no, do the uh, Scott Hall. There you go. <laughs> this guy right here. All right, that that should be the thumbnail right there. Um, <laughs> but guys, thank you so much for joining uh, us. Obviously, this was a clusterfuck of a awesome episode. Um, everybody, tell tell everybody where you can find them, what handles you're on. I know you're not on Pornhub uh, anymore, there, Ritter. But you know, one day maybe if you play your cards right, I'll help you get back on Pornhub. Another thing, 2020 me. took from us. God damn it! No, um, <laughs> you guys can find me at Matt Ritter. That is at M A T T R I D D E R No L. Fuck Kyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, if you go there, you guys will find link trees to Smack and Raw, which is the audio version, and to Creation World, which is the banner under which all of our stuff is done. And that'll take you to YouTube for the video versions, uh, Patreon, and our merch store where you guys can go get some dope shirts that I personally uh, either created or had designs done by uh, Vince Delgado, who's a good friend of ours. Um, so go check those out, please. I'd appreciate it. And I'm going to do Kyle next because he's going to get pissed off if he goes last. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. (laughs) Kyle also knows the hardest part of the ring. I should have been smart like these other guys up here who put their podcasts in their little, little box deal. Um, The apron bump podcast. You can find it on all podcast platforms and YouTube as well. Uh, Apronbump.com is kind of like a central area to find all those things. Um, Apron bump on Twitter, apron bump on Instagram, do uh, retro wrestling reviews from all eras, all different promotions. So go check that out and kiss your sister. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> and Joey. Oh yeah. So Joey from the angle podcast, uh, can find me on Twitter at the angle radio, go to the website, theangleradio.com. available on all streaming platforms and YouTube do a lot of interviews, uh, with a lot of well-known people next week. It's going to be the first interview of the year. 
I have Tyson Kidd on there. We talk about everything that's going on and uh, how Cesaro should be world champion. So that's a big part of that too. Perfect. Um, but like I said, the angle radio on all social media. And before we go any, anywhere else, I do, if whoever has a drink, could we like toast to like 2021? Cause like 2020 was like shitty year, but in a way it was like something in here. Really, a really good year in a lot of ways. So you gotta like, like bring more success and, Health and all I love that. it. I love it, Joey. Absolutely. And I do want to say, you know, before we go off air, because I just realized this will be on other people's platforms too, right? Not just our live YouTube, but uh, if you want to, for some odd reason, you want to listen to us. I don't know why you would want to, but you can find us on social medias at AKFYT Wrestling. So, Kenny, for your thoughts, in other words, AKFYT Wrestling. Um, Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Kenny for your thoughts. Uh, we have shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees, a Patreon. Um, we have a co-host that barely stays awake during professional wrestling. Uh, we have a lot of things, but definitely not VD. So luckily that is one thing. But uh, to Joey's point, um, 2020, uh, I, I feel guilty because 2020, I think, was one of the best years of my life. I've, I'm making some moves currently in my professional life, especially. Um, I'll just say it on air, manifest it. Um, I'm about to quit my, uh, my shoot job brother and, uh, go full bore into, uh, the mortgage broker life, uh, here in Florida. Um, and I'm blessed enough to do so work for myself, that sort of thing. Scary as hell, but I'm going to do it. Uh, but that being said, I feel guilty because 2020 was one of the best years of my life, but I know there are people that have gone through some unspeakable losses. Um, obviously with the temperament of the world in general, um, I faulted no one for trying to say, uh, I can't wait for 2021 because I know people just wanted hope and wanted to feel like it this year. It made me go, you know what? If you have a resolution, if you have something that you're looking forward to and you're saying, oh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to do it on January 1st, I encouraged you because it was like, I just want every, cause you could literally, I don't know about the rest of you all, but you literally feel the air change on January 1st as if people were like, okay, something good is coming. And you want to feel that in the world that December, 2020, the air felt so stagnant and felt so like people were hopeless, like Brandon, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah. So here's to a brighter future. And, uh, I hope all of our platforms grow every single one of us. Um, I'll meet you all at the top. Uh, maybe not Kyle cause he likes to be a bottom uh, on the bottom of me. Soon. But <laughs> Guilty as but honestly guys, um, no, it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, I, I would, did I meet all of you in 2020 or 20, 2019? Uh, we we, we might've met this year. Yeah, so I mean, Hey, look at that. Cheers guys to meeting each other in 2020. This is my Brandon. first time seeing everybody. Hi. Yeah, Brandon, to uh, to losing our friendship in 2020. Yeah, and wow. also shout out, shout out to your chat, man, because that chat the whole time they were going. So they're still going. Still, yeah, I know they're still going, man. Elijah, you're the king, bro. Here's to me working with an actual talent like Joey in 2021, as opposed to the two jobbers like Kenny and Kyle that I had. I was about to say, I barely, <laughs> I barely recognize Joey's voice without a fucking RV engine revving in the background. <laughs> That'll be a different story for a different day, yes, but uh, I'm going to try to have, have more people on, um, you know, I don't want to say I want to give people the rub brother, brother, but you know, we're all in this to help each other. Rub me. Uh, you know, so uh, definitely want to do that. I need, I need to get Brandon out of the way anyway. So I mean, come on now. Yeah. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thanks for watching. 
Thank you all for your friendship here and everyone in the chat. Thank you for your friendship as well. Hit that like button before you go and have a good rest of your night. Believe it or not, it's Sunday right now. So over here. So here too. Here. <laughs> yeah.